Calm down, Diana. 902 at 560. Speaking of Diana, anybody see Passions? Oh, that's right. You see it a day late. Sorry. Today you'll discover that even the priest on that show is a little perverted. Even though he's blind, he manages to uh, find Miguel and like uh, give him a little squeeze here and a squeeze there and then squeeze his hand real tight. But at any rate, I just noticed that. Our poll yesterday, this uh, one-hit wonder thing, I think this could be bigger than goddamn uh, sliced bread. You know what? I like it. I like it, too. We had 915 votes, which is quite a few considering that, uh, see, we didn't do this right yesterday, but it was the first time out of the uh, box, out of the gate. And to do it right, you have to, like, uh, balance it out from the different eras, if you catch my drift. Uh-huh. And we didn't do that. Although I do notice that many of these are from the 80s, which I didn't realize on that one disc. Like uh, Harold Faltermeyer, Axel F., which is uh, Robert's favorite. <laughs> and Godly and Cream and Cry and Paul Hardcastle in 19. Now, what was the other one? Oh, the Divinals and I Touch Myself, which we played that yesterday a little bit. Anyway, the results of our poll, very disturbing to George, who's really pissed off and doesn't want to believe it for a second. But the good news is uh, for you, because we're closing it out right now. As soon as I make a copy of it, that's it. And I just did. Which of these one-hit wonders was the best? Soft Cell by Tainted Love wins in a landslide. You don't believe that, do you? No. Well, I do. Just to be contrary, I do. 128 votes, more than second, more than double the number two a song. Tainted Love, Soft Cell. Of course, the fact I played bits of it about a hundred times, that might have had some influence, but I doubt it. George thinks it was those, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, poll screwers that messed it up. I don't think so. I think it's a very popular song. They like it. All right. I didn't say I like it. It's good, but I, uh, Mississippi Queen and Mountain. I mean, Mountain and Mississippi Queen. 61. Have that here uh, eventually. Norman Greenbaum, Spirit in the Sky. Boy. 60. Blues Image, Ride Captain Ride, had 55. And rounding out our top five, these five will, will uh, survive for the next pool. Uh, not the next pool, but I mean like the final runoff. Already. When we wind up with the final winners in about, when's that going to be? In about two and a half years? <laughs> Steam, Na Na Hey Hey, Kiss Him Goodbye. Number five with 49 votes. Just edging out Taco and putting on the Ritz 45, which George was very nervous that that might make the cut. Didn't do it. Wow. Zager and Evans in the year 25-25 have 44. EMF, you're unbelievable. Unbelievable. 38. Followed by, I'm not going to waste my time reading the uh, numbers. Uh, Paper Lace, Don't Let Chicago Die, then Free All Right Now. John Sebastian, welcome back, Cotter, 30. Question Mark of the Mysterians, 96 Tears had 29. It should have done better than that. The Proclaimers, I'm going to be 500 miles, 27. Amboy Dukes, Journey to the Center of the Mind, Shadows of the Night, Gloria, Monotone's Book of Love, David Essex, Rock On, Strawberry Alarm Clock, Incense and Peppermints, which is certainly no soft cell tainted love. Frida Payne, Band of Gold, Charlie Pride, Kiss a Angel Good Morning, We Five, You Were on My Mind, The Five Stair Steps, and Ooh Child, The Mystics, and Hushabye had only 15 votes. Do you know something? That's downright un American. See, yeah. if we had more people in South Florida who spoke English, the Mystics and Hushabai would have had more votes. Sure, blame yeah. the Spicks. Yeah, blame the Spicks for that. Well, they must have voted for Tainted Love. Sure, that's a Spick uh, group. Yeah. Edison Lighthouse, Love Goes Where My Rosemary <coughs> Goes. And you ought to see what else is growing there, too. Uh, 11, Shocking Blue of Venus 11. And guess what had 10, finally? I'll be sure and cut out the sirens because we're on radio. I don't want to scare people. They'll think they're watching CNN. It's another one. News alerts. Bulletin.
That had only 10 votes tied with Marmalade and Reflections in My Life, which also had only 10. That's, you know, like I said, what, what's the point? But it kills some good time. Electric Prunes, I Had Too Much to Dream Last Night, had eight. Alive and Kicking, Tighter and Tighter, had seven. And guess what? What? Yeah, I went out and bought some uh, CDs yesterday. And guess how much they were, Robert? Nine ninety-nine a piece. That's Canadian, so like for six and a half bucks, you get some of these great oldie CDs. Six and a half bucks. There's some great stuff on these, as you heard before the show. Gave George a little preview. North for charge. Keith, ninety-eight point six, was next. Friend and lover, reach out in the darkness. White Plains, My Baby Loves Lovin', finally had six. We finally got the title right, and it had six votes, which, it's something. Not great. Randy and the Rainbows, Denise, five. And Human Beings, Nobody But Me, came in dead last with only three votes. That, again, very disturbing. In fact, I dare say, sitting here in my goddamn chair with my fat ass, that Nobody But Me by the Human Beings is heads and shoulders above Tainted Love by a soft cell any day of the Easy. week. just turn the list upside down. Yeah, that, there you go. So there we got the top five. I'm gonna uh, put that over there, save it, and then we'll compile a one from today in between and betwixt. Plus, I have a lot of stuff to play. For example, and here, and just to show you that I'm not uh, playing favorites, here's one of the worst songs ever that I hate like poison. That could be the worst song of all time. You know what? In the summertime by Mungo oh, Jerry. Come on now. You like that song? I used to. I mean, they wore Get out of here. You don't like that song. That song blows, yeah, man. That's a piece drive of crap. Around, singing along. Uh, uh. Sounds like, sound, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like he's sitting on the throne. I just like saying Mung. What about Neanderthal Man by Hot Legs? And I'll tell you one thing. For a song that, uh, quite frankly, if I never heard it again, it would be too soon, this is on every CD that was ever made, I think. You know oh, yeah. Bobby freaking Bloom, and on this CD they got the title right. The other CD had just said Montego, and this one, Montego Bay. Okay, now, to compile a list, uh, we better start right now. You want to know why? Why? I did a very stupid thing. Uh, what I did was, was I marked these CDs. The yellow magic marker that I used to like uh, mark the log, the live spots. Right, the highlighter. The highlighter. Well, what I did is I highlighted on the back of each CD because I didn't know how else to, you know, mark them. And now I noticed that the <laughs> it rubs it's off. Like, it's rubbing off. Stupid. Yeah, I am. So in the summertime by Mungo Jerry, we'll put that on there just to make you happy. You writing these down? I am now. I'm not putting hot legs in the Interthal man on it. It's a piece of crap. But I, I did look these up to verify them. We already did. Indiana wants me. Did, was Montego Bay on the list? No. Uh, no. No. Montego Bay by Bobby Bloom. Those are the only two from this particular CD. Although I will say this, because everybody wants it, will, would want to hear a little bit of this. Don't you want to hear a little bit of that? Sure, play the whole thing. And that's enough. <laughs> it's Melanie with the Edwin Hawkins Singers. Remember them from Oh Happy Day. Remember that? No. You don't remember Oh Happy uh, Day? Yeah, of course I do. You're a communist, man. You ought to be one of those assholes marching in Cuba today, those 7 million people who somebody made them an offer they couldn't refuse and said get out there and march and show that you hate George W. and you love Fidel. He promised them. Oh, yeah, did you just step on I Melanie? I sure did. I walked She's right got to take her brand new key and stick it right in your if you don't watch it. So I just thought I'd play a little bit of that. Okay, so you got to start to the list, plus the ones that I gave you yesterday 
which I guess you'll read back eventually when we get to it. But first, let me do this, because it's going to be one of those kind of shows. Got an O.J. story today. Oh! A lot of good stuff. See, this I like a little bit better. You know, I like the tone of this a little bit better, especially with the music, because it, it just it lightens things up a little bit, as opposed to all these very heavy, depressing, neurotic stories. As a matter of fact, talk about depressing and neurotic. Yeah. Threat of, this is from USA Today, today, today. Threat of dirty bombs softened Ascroft's remarks annoy White House. There should be a period in that. Threat of dirty bombs softened Ascroft's remarks annoy the White House. Attorney General John Ascroft on Monday overstated the potential threat posed by a dirty bomb suspect, Abdullah al-Muhajir. Bush administration and law enforcement officials said yesterday, What did I tell you? Trying to cover his uh, ugly right-wing ass. Ascroft's remarks annoyed the White House and led the administration to soften the government's descriptions of the alleged plot. I don't think there was actually a plot beyond some fairly loose talk, and Al-Mujahir is coming here in, in here obviously to plan further deeds, Deputy Defense Secretary Paul Wolfowitz told CBS yesterday. His comments echoed those Monday of FBI Director Robert Mueller and Deputy Attorney General Larry Thompson. They backed away from Ascroft's description of the alleged plot, but emphasized that Al-Muhajir was dangerous and that his arrest was a victory against terrorism. When Ascroft announced Al-Muhajir's May 8th arrest, he said authorities had disrupted an unfolding terrorist plot to attack the U.S. by exploding a radioactive dirty bomb. His 14-paragraph statement mentioned radiation or dirty bombs five times and said Al-Muhajir was being detained by the military for the safety of all Americans. A little bit melodramatic there, John. Ascroft's ominous tone surprised the White House and law enforcement officials here and abroad, including some who had tracked Al-Muhajir to Al-Qaeda meetings in Pakistan. The law enforcement officials say the evidence against Al-Muhajir, 31, indicates he was interested in, in many scenarios involving explosives and radioactive materials was one possibility. They say that the former Chicago gang member, once known as Jose Padillo, former Broward County resident, was up to no good, but that any plans involving radiation were not as mature as Ascroft suggested. Administration sources say the White House emphatically told Ascroft that it was dissatisfied with his description of the alleged plot. How do you like that, huh? P publicly, the White House defended Ascroft, saying he was technically correct. There's always a tendency at times like this that the initial reports immediately lurch to the worst-case scenario, Administration spokesman Harry Fleischer said. Justice Department spokesman Mark Corallo said Al-Mohajir was definitely planning an attack. Ascroft was traveling in Hungary on Tuesday. In other words, he's from Hunger. How do you like that, huh? What did I tell you? On the um, heels of all the heat that they're taking, on the heels of all this bullcrap, making making it obvious that they have the right hand has got no idea what the left hand's doing, and the fact that he wants to continue spending a lot more money fighting drugs than the war on terror. There you go, Ascroft trying to cover his obnoxious ass, and he is. In fact, he's like a walking ass. You know what, John Ascroft? Correct him. Nine thirteen at five sixty WQM, your home of ass. You've heard me talking about the big one. Not a big ass, but a big paycheck. That's right, and you can have one, too, in just four short months. Although George probably likes a big ass. Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. We don't want to discuss now during the spot what he likes doing with it, but nevertheless, you can use your own vivid imagination. The demand for certified computer professionals is through the roof now. It is astronomical. So pick up that phone and call the good folks over at Fast Train, tool-free, 866-FAST-TRAIN. Summer classes are forming right now as I speak, and if you call very soon, like immediately if not sooner, you can be certified in a brand new career before summer's end and start making some real cash. Fast Train offers Microsoft certified instructors for convenient locations, including that brand new campus in highly congested Kindle, job placement assistance day, and evening classes too. 
And for those individuals whose job was affected after 9-11, Fast Train is an operation paycheck training provider. Call Fast Train. Here's their toll-free number, 866-FAST-TRAIN, or check them out on the web if you like at FastTrain.com. And don't forget, it's the MS Fast Train can have you certified and ready for a brand new career in as little as four months. So if you're tired of your dead-end job, if you're tired of working for some obnoxious asshole, call Fast Train today and get on the road to a brand new career and start making some serious bucks. Call toll-free racism myself. Remember Jerry Lee Lewis, he married his cousin. She was like 13 or 14 years old. Remember that? Yeah, but he married her. Yeah. Also, in other words, they didn't do it till their wedding in night. In the South, that means that's all good. Yeah, but he was a white guy, see, so that was okay. But R. Kelly, he's dark, and because of the fact he banged some 14-year-old chick, they're nailing his ass to the cross, and nobody wants to buy his music anymore, and it's like, feh. Every time somebody even mentions R. Kelly, like, Bleh. people start puking all over themselves. Oh, and how come Michael Jackson is still off the hook, huh? More money. Boy, so uh, Joan Fleischman writes in a Herald, and I thank whoever faxed this to us, because I would never read Joan Fleischman's column under penalty of death. But it's kind of interesting to us, because you know what? QAM just can't. The controversy never stops, and the audience likes that. A QAM in its power? There's one sentence in Now, what the was that? That was me. How did you do that? I turned on a pot, and there was noise coming out of it. Quit messing with pot during the show, will you please? One thing to be selling it after the show, it's another thing to be dealing with it during the show. I see again on that end, operator error on that end, every goddamn day now. Sorry. Jesus K Christ. Anyway, what the was I just saying before Joan I got Fleischman. to the root, root Oh yeah, good old Joni Fleischman. There's one sentence in here that I can't read. It's like uh, bad facts, but we'll get to the meat of the matter. Remember Bo Griffin, our good close personal friend that kissed me on the lips that day and I've never been the same since? We'll never forget her. Former Power 96 radio host Bonita. I never knew that was her name, Bonita, did you? Me either. Till just now. See, it's not even 9.30 yet, and we're already learning. Former Power 96 radio host Bonita Bo Griffin filed a complaint against the station with the Federal Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. She claims she got canned after 15 years because of her age. Griffin 44 says Power 96, owned by Beasley Broadcast Group, replaced her with a less qualified 30-year-old male, DJ L.B. Silk took over the 6 to 10 a.m. drive time slot. 
Griffin attorney Robert Weisberg, sounds like a Jew boy to me, says the station set forth its reason for termination in an April piece in the Herald, which quoted program director Kid Curry, 47. Yeah, 47. I guess he could be 47, couldn't he? Sure, just because he has a lot of white hair. He looks a lot older. Well, he's had a tough life. As your as your people get older and older, there comes a time when they might not be able to identify themselves in the target audience. The logical thing we have to do is wipe out all the old stuff and start anew. Oh, that was a bad statement, kid scurvy. That was a bad move on your part, and it got quoted in the newspaper. Remember the last asshole that sued for age discrimination? What was his name? At Larry IOD? Justice. Larry Justice. He said for justice, we should go to uh, the courts. Did he get justice? No. Didn't get squat. Got can you didn't get canned because you were too old, Larry. You got canned because uh, you sucked on the air. That's why. So all he ever talked about is how he used to be great at WBZ a hundred years ago. How he used to like shine Carl D'Souza's shoes or something like that. Says Power Vice President General Manager Greg Reed, 48. Oh, it's got everybody's age in here. <laughs> hey, how about you, Joni? How old are you? Let's find out how old Joan Fleischman is. She's got everybody's age in here. It's a good thing she didn't write about Mo, you know. Oh. She didn't put your age in here. No, that's true. Well, everybody knows I'm 59. Anyway, Greg Reed, 48, says, I love Bo. It wasn't a matter of age. The ratings were declining, and we had to freshen up the radio station. Do you believe that? Uh, I think it was age. <laughs> nah, I mean, come on, Bo. Get serious. In addition to which, like, like uh, Mike Disney said, even though his station's falling like a rock, like Disney said, what is a guy named Kid Scurvy? How, first of all, how old do you call yourself Kid, you know, when you get to be 67? And number two, what does a guy who's 67 know about music that kids want to listen to? Absolutely nothing. They take those focus groups. Yeah, hocus pocus. I got your focus right here, sweetheart. Griffin, once a pitch woman for the psychic hotlines, now lives in Beverly Hills, California. And also the thing they didn't like was when she had that studio in her bedroom. They don't like those out-of-town studios. Who would do that? Also, it says something about since canceled, she now freelances for TV Newsmag uh, Extra. But I can't read the other sentence here because it's a bad fax. Then... As if Joni didn't cause enough stir with that, Norman Elliot Kent, Fort Lauderdale attorney and publisher of Broward's gay-oriented newspaper, The Express, the fag paper, got a 90-day suspension from the Florida Supreme Court. Stems from a 1995 dispute over the estate of Robert Patterson, a security guard, from the Florida Bar. They said a bar compliance audit of Kent's trust account revealed significant and multiple shortages caused by Kent's constant and intentional commingling of earned fees with trust account funds. Says Kent, 52. Got everybody's age in here, except me and Alice Rantel and Elvie Musica. Says Kent, 52. I screwed up, didn't follow the rules. I never got accused of taking anyone's money. Technical violations. I accept responsibility for my errors. I should have done better, he says. Got a 90-day suspension. Which, what the hell does he carry? He's got that fag newspaper going and that bogus radio show. Attorney Alvin Enton represented him before the bar. You know who that is? No. You know my lawyer, one of my lawyers, Richard, uh, Richard Enton? That's yes. his brother. Huh. Is he fat, too? I don't know. I never met him, but he's a very good attorney. Hey, Richard, how's your uh, rectum doing? Well, Richard had a little problem there last year. Remember that? He said, don't talk about it on the air. But now that he got his roids all straightened out, I'm sure he doesn't mind. Among Kent's high-profile clients, radio personalities Neil Rogers and Al Rantel, and Elvie Musica, who has a government prescription to smoke marijuana for glaucoma, Kent also owns Talent Management Associates. What? Talent Management Associates? What the hell is that? and host a topical talk show on WFTLA in 1400. That'll be on from 10 to 11 this morning, by the way, in case you don't want to miss the Norm Kent Show. One topic he won't discuss, says Joni, estate advice. Yeah, you can be sure of that. In other words, don't give him any money to hang on to. That's my best advice, because he might go out and buy pot with it. 
So that's pretty interesting crap. Okay, now reform it. And by the way, Eric, Eric did very uh, good. That one hit wonder, uh, what is it? One hit wonder central dot com. Great right. website. Just like I said yesterday, a great website, Eric. <laughs> You've done good. But now you can sit back and eat a bologna sandwich and take care of all your other clients because we're this is a work in progress. The one today, right? Oh yeah. Well, it has to be. Talk real slow. Now, what are the ones uh, that you had from yesterday? The Standells and Dirty Water. Right. The Tornadoes and Telstar. Right. Genie C. Riley, Harper Valley PTA. Harper Valley PTA. Boy, I hated that song. I despised it. And uh, I hate to spit it out, but I will anyway. Starland Vocal Band, Afternoon Delight. Uh, Tom Cochran. Hi, what is it? Tom Cochran. Yeah. Life is a Highway. The Joe I'm Jeffrey sure Group. I'm sure if I heard that, I would recognize it, but I don't, uh, I don't know what that is. Highway. Oh. My Pledge of Love, Joe Jeffrey Group. My Pledge of Love, Joe Jeffrey Group was great. Won't get too many votes with this crowd because their taste is in their tuchus. I mean, uh, Tainted Love and Soft Cell. That's enough <laughs> to make, make me want to... Oh, and God. Finn Lizzie, The Boys Are Back in Town. And that's on there, too? The Boys Are Back in Town. That's a good song. That's a good hockey song, like at the Air Canada Center. How they doing, the Leafs? They still playing? Now, see, the fact that this only got ten votes, uh, what's the point, you know? What's the use when you're dealing with a bunch of uh, silly claim out there? How could that only get ten votes? Got me. 926 at 560 WQM. It's going to be 193 degrees in South Florida today, and the humidity is going to be 400%, which means uh, you're going to be schwitzing your brains out. But if you want to keep in good health and feel good all the time, here's a product that can help you do that. It's called Oleomed. Why? Because olive oil is good stuff. Even the ancient geeks knew that. Oleomed is a soft gel capsule that contains pharmaceutical-grade olive oil along with lots of other good stuff. In there, there's vitamins and minerals and herbals, and they make a different product to promote the health for various aspects of your body. they got one that helps your prostate, one for your heart, for your blood pressure. They have a separate product for your cholesterol. Oleomed's also got supplements to promote health in your circulatory system, your digestive, your endocrine system, your skin and bones, even your mind, all using the benefits of the best olive oil that money can buy. And don't forget, Oleomed's got products for men and for you ladies out there as well. Oh, and I forgot to... Oh, yesterday I called uh, Darren McCarty, Larry McCarty. Okay. That's my harness racing background. I have a harness racing story, by the way. Just want to correct a few little odds and ends on here. How could I call Darren McCarty at the Red Wings Larry McCarty? I don't want to be that stupid. Oleomed's available right now at Walgreens, Whole Food Markets, Navarro Pharmacy, and Sedano's. also forgot to mention that Vanessa and a brand new Billy are back on the Guiding Light. Oleomed's a stupendous product. If you don't see it on the shelves, just tap the store manager on the shoulder and tell him, I want it, goddammit. You can call toll-free to get more information about Oleomed products at this number, 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-OLEOMED. And you can also order their many products on the Internet. Their website, B. Your name. Ed, Ed Kaplan's Game Nights. Weeknights at 10 on Sports Radio 560. QAM. Neil, God. In the summertime, when the weather is high, you can hit the beach, see some ass and thigh. In the summertime, you got women, you got women on your mind. 
There's some nice behinds. Go out and see what you can find. Crack them. For bikinis thin, there's a lot to reveal. And a nice G-string got lots of appeal. Check it out there, man. That brunette's making my tongue hang to the side. It's because her top is holding up a pair of 45s. We're just normal guys, we're not dirty, we're not mean We just love the girls and see them their crease In the summertime, we go checking, we go checking out the scene Spend the summertime finding cuties, finding beauties on the beach Come along with me, see some DDTs Ta-ta-ta-ta-ta's, make me so happy when the summer's here I got women, I got women on my mind Yes, the girls are nice, wearing those bikinis smaller size. With a hot, hot bond, surely it's a beast for your eyes. Come along with me, see some ta-ta-ta's, T-T-T-T-T, ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta's. In the summertime, we'll go cruising, we'll go cruising to the beach. All right. For the ta-ta-ta's, T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-
three was West Side Story, four Roman Holiday, 1953. I have no idea what that was. Although I think that Ditsy Blonde was in it was not Jane Mansfield. Who was in Roman Holiday? Oh, don't make don't make me get the goddamn movie book out now. Not Marilyn. No, I don't. Gene think so. Harlow. Gene Harlow. I'm thinking Ditsy Blondes. I'm going to start naming Ditsy Blondes. Boy, if you think the music book is heavy, this one, this awful uh, timeout t- uh, movie guy, the one that I hate, yeah, weighs about 1,600 pounds. Instant hernia. R- uh, Rommel the Desert Fox. Boy, what a luck. I open almost to the right page. Beauty. That's an omen. Roma Chitta Aperta. aperta. What, what did you say? Roma Chitta Aperta. That means Rome, the open city. Oh. Chitta with a C. A C all by itself uh, it. is pronounced chit 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 like chit chit changes. What am I looking for? Roman, Roman holiday. holiday. Romancing the stone is one my mother was very nervous about. Here's Roman Holiday, starring, directed by William Wyler, uh, starred Aubrey Hepburn, Walter who? Oh Gregory Peck, Eddie Albert, Tulio Carminati, Harcourt Williams, and Hartley Power. No relation to Tyrone Power. Oh, Audrey Hepburn, she must have been the blonde that was in there. She maybe just dyed her hair later on. There was no blonde in that. Anyway, I don't know what that movie is. And if you remember, uh, 1957 was number five. The Way We Were was number six. Dr. Zhivago, number seven. Remember yesterday we talked about uh, Somewhere My Love by the Ray Conniff Singers and Dr. Zhivago? See how these things all fall in. It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart was number eight. Boy, that's, and that wasn't a romance movie. <laughs> no. It had a romance in it. I guess if it had a romance in it, it qualifies. That's that's bad. Love Story was number nine, and City Lights number ten, nineteen thirty-one. So I got the whole list here. If things get really slow, like one day, I'm gonna say that. Put that over there. Yeah, put that over there for the uh, slow days. New York and Kentucky Catholic bishops resign. We had a Kentucky one yesterday. This from Newsday. An auxiliary bishop in the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of New York has resigned after admitting to several affairs with women becoming the fourth U.S. bishop to step down in the sex abuse scandal, rocking the church. This one says rocking, although I like it a lot better when they say roiling. Auxiliary Bishop James F. McCarthy, 59, pastor of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Church in Shrub Oak in Westchester County, admitted to the affairs after they were brought to the attention of church officials in a letter that arrived Saturday. The announcement yesterday came only hours after the Vatican accepted the resignation of Bishop J. Kendrick Williams, 65, of Lexington, Kentucky, was accused in three sex abuse cases, of which we talked at length yesterday. In New York, the Archdiocese said McCarthy's affairs took place over the course of several years. Church officials said they'll cooperate with prosecutors if any legal issues arise from the affairs. Speaking of an affair to remember. I acknowledge that I had improper relationship with a woman that included sexual contact that began when she was approximately 21 years old, McCarthy said in a statement issued last night. I also acknowledge I had improper sexual contact with other women. Archbishop Egan said, I take this opportunity to express my personal care and concern for all involved in the situation, in particular any women and their families who may have been hurt, and for Bishop McCarthy as well, of course. Of course. Just two months ago, McCarthy had spoken about how the ongoing scandal involving sexual abuse by priests had eroded the relationship between priests and their parishioners. The resignations came two days before the start of that gathering in Dallas by the bishops to cover this whole thing up. In other developments, the Salt Lake City Diocese said three priests were removed from their post after the bishop reviewed 50 years of abuse allegations. The allegations are not recent, said Monica Howard Johnson. Why didn't she have that chain of restaurants and make some good ice cream, too? Howard Johnson? <laughs> Communications director for the diocese. What a name. It's a hyphenated name. Monica Howard Johnson. Well, I'll meet you later. Where do you want to meet? Howard Johnson. 
In Patterson, New Jersey, Bishop Frank J. Rodemir voted to reimburse the diocese a quarter of a million dollars for part of a legal settlement it paid on his behalf to the family of a young sex abuse victim. I don't think he has any obligation to repay, but it's his choice and he's the boss, said Kenneth Mullaney, the diocese lawyer. Denver Archbishop Charles Chaput, or is that Caput, said he supports a policy that allows for no second chances for abusive priests. Chaput also says that no known abusers are serving in the Denver Archdiocese. And a 30-year-old woman filed a $10 million lawsuit against the Cleveland Diocese, alleging that a priest groped and kissed her when she was in grade school. Robert Tyak, a church spokesman, said the diocese hadn't seen the lawsuit. And, of course, like everybody else in the universe, had no comment. 20 till 10. Here's one thing we can comment about, and that's fat. Take it from the expert, man. Fat is debilitating. It's not good for your health. It's ugly. Makes you feel like crap. Makes you feel like you want to lay down in the corner all the time. Just ask the beast, who I guarantee you feels a lot better. As of a few days ago, I bet you he's done even more than this now. But as of a few days ago, in less than three months, he's lost 32 pounds on balance for life. This is a young man who I guarantee was on the verge of being on the way out. Wouldn't you agree with that? Oh, any day now. Any, any breath could have been his last. Good guy. We all like him. But the fact of the matter is he was just <coughs> grotesque. Now he's becoming a shadow of himself, and he's doing it the easy way because balance for life doesn't force you to make any choices. Well, the only choice you make is the two alternatives that they give you. They give you the list with alternatives for each meal every day that you're on the program. But you don't have to make any shopping choices because you don't go shopping. They bring you a little black sack. And by the way, the good news is oh! we got that all straightened out. We're black on a, back on a black sack routine. Every morning by 6 a.m., they deliver a little black sack that's got all your food for the day. And there's plenty in there. Believe me, you're not going to go hungry. Three hormonally balanced gourmet meals that are delicious, made with the best ingredients that money can buy. Two delicious snacks and even a 16-ounce bottle of water. It's right in there to wash it down. So you don't have to count calories. You don't have to count carbs. All you have to do is count the pounds that you're losing day after day after day that you're on the program. So get in shape for summer uh, starting right now. And who knows, you might even be wearing a bathing suit, maybe even a thong bikini before the summer's over. Just like the, the beast. Wouldn't that be a sight to see? <laughs> you first. Call Balance for Life, 954-568-3229, and start losing the weight the easy way. 954-568-3229, or check out their website, if you like, at www.balanceforlife.com. Plains, New York. The Joe and Mark Show. Overnights oh. on Sports Radio 560. QAM. Come on, baby. Come play with these titties. Okay. Thank you. 
fine. Oh, speaking of Dan Stewart, so Jack Wagner's on the list here. All I need from 1984, which you remember that, which luckily I don't. Uh, Jack Wagner from uh, General Hospital. Well, according to certain people, I don't want to mention any names. Oh, we're fine. Floats like a butterfly and stings like a queen bee, but nevertheless. So here's a fact that, uh, not to, good facts, good intentions, but unfortunately, uh, a lot of mistakes. Oh, where's my harness racing story real quickly? And I promise I won't call Darren McCarty. Larry McCarty again? Do you think I can find it? I don't It's know. just very short. I know Dick Feinberg wanted to hear about it. If he doesn't know about it already, I can't find it. Ah, crap. Damn it. Huh? Well, I want to make sure that I get it right, but I can't. Uh, it's in here somewhere. One moment, please. Can't find it. Can you find it? No. Oh, here it is. Told you I could find it. After spending seven years exiled from the sport he once dominated because of allegations of race fixing, Canadian driver Hervé Fillion's on the verge of returning to harness racing. Oi! The Pennsylvania State Harness Racing Commission has decided to grant Fillion 62 of Angers, Quebec, a one-year conditional license. This allows Fillion, who hasn't driven since being suspended in 1995, the chance to become the first man to record 15,000 wins in his career. How do you like that? Let's hear it for Hervé Fillion. <coughs> Send it back to Freehold where he belongs, okay? So anyway, this fax, me and you and a dog named Boo by Lobo. Well, do you believe that? By Lobo? No, Lobo had lots of uh, hits. Lobo, whose sister, was uh, her name was Labia. I'd Love You to Want Me. That was a great song. That reached, in fact, that was a bigger hit than Me and You and a Dog Named Boo. That reached number two, Boo, for two weeks. I'd Love You to Want Me. Remember that? That was a great song. Yeah, that was his right. best song ever. Don't Expect Me to Be Your Friend. That was number eight. I think Mo re-recorded that. And then he had a bunch of other uh, minor hits, like It Sure Took a Long, Long Time, How Can I Tell Her, Standing at the End of the Line, Don't Tell Me Goodnight, and when you were, where, where the hell were you when I was falling in love? Here's one. One out of four ain't bad, whoever sent us this fax. Well, actually, he's got two, but Tom Clay and What the World Needs Now, uh, too, too obscure. Remember that? Yeah. Where they had the actual footage of the assassinations of uh, JFK and RFK and Martin Luther King and all that stuff in the background. Too obscure, Tom Clay, who, by the way, was a disc jockey at KGBS in Los Angeles when he made that recording. So that's that's accurate, but we're, the only one we're putting on there is Timothy by the Boys, B-U-O-Y-S. Oh, yeah. We've talked about that song. In fact, once upon a time, I had it. And, in fact, maybe it's still in there somewhere in that studio. Timothy by the Boys. Don't you remember somebody brought that in for us, special? Mm -hmm. I, I don't like the song, by the way. I hate the song. Uh, he also has got the Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven. I mean, let's get, <laughs> let's get serious, okay? First of all, thank goodness that wasn't their only hit, because that would, like, uh, eliminate everything else. And as you look it up on the list, if I can find the goddamn thing, where is it? Led Zeppelin... A Whole Lot of Love was number four. And then they had some minor hits. Immigrant Song, Black Dog, Dire Maker, Trampled Underfoot, and Fool in the Rain. So that one's wrong. And also he's got Five Man Electrical Band and Signs. Didn't we uh, deal with that yesterday? It wasn't on the list. No, was because it? we uh, I looked it up. Oh, that's right. They had another hit. They had Absolutely Right. And you are... Absolutely correct, sir. Right. So nice job, sir. Here's the fact. This is happy anniversary, O.J., you piece of crap. I'll get to my O.J. story eventually here. But we have a lot of work to do. This was number three on yesterday's list. Norman Greenbaum. Boy! I'm sure that he, like, converted to some, like, uh, you know, bizarre religion. Like Christianity, something like that. Scientology.
you're right, the instrumental in the beginning here is the only good part of the song. I mean, how could that have been number three out of all those great songs we had on there yesterday? I mean, is that even in the same league with... Huh? No. Oh! I'm just playing this all day. Just out of protest. I mean, what is wrong with you people out there? That had ten votes out of like almost a thousand? So what do we got here? And I guess what I'm going to have to do, well, we probably should play a little bit of some of the crappy ones on here, too. I'm not putting this on the list. The tea set. What'd you get for your wedding? Ah, tea set. And then, of course, uh, yesterday, this also had only ten, which people, you know, there are people on death row for less offenses than only ten people voting for this as being the best uh, one-hit wonder of all time. Hey, I tried, just for the sympathy factor. And what goes good with a tea set, by the way? Marmalade? Yeah, on your scones. Or on your stones. Oh, that, that is just... It just it makes you weak in the knees, that song is so good, you know? Something about South Florida, man. There's something definitely wrong. I don't know if it's the air, the drinking water. There's just something uh, very, very... And then, of course, also, we had to, like, force people to vote for this. Even even though you played like uh, down there, you played a couple of bits of this uh, over and over again. That still doesn't help. Six votes. Six crappy votes for White Plains. But, but that's yesterday. Okay, we don't want to turn back. We want to move ahead. So I guess we'll have to put on list some of the ones that I played little bits of and also didn't even realize on this disc, the one-hit wonder disc I've got, that they were that recent because we got to balance this out. That's what I'm trying to do today. So we have some older stuff on there and also some 80s and 90s stuff. So you punks, all you little punks out there that wouldn't know real music if it bit you on the ass, uh, we have something that you at least recognize. For example, Robert's favorite. Axel F. Harold Faltermeyer put that on there. Now what movie is that from? Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, weak. Okay, you got that down? Yes. Have you got uh, Paul Hardcastle, 19? In 1965, Vietnam seemed like just another foreign war. But it wasn't. It was different in many ways. And so were those who did the fighting. In World War II, the average age of the combat soldier was 26. In Vietnam, he was 19. In, 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 in Vietnam, he was 19. Never heard that in my life. Really? Is that, is that shocking to you? Never heard it. It was all over the radio down here. In the Godly 80s. and Krem cry. Never heard this either. 19 was 1985. The actual F was 85, and this was 1985. Never heard it. Don't know it. Don't know from it. And I don't want to. And then, of course, we did this yesterday, but we didn't put it on the list for some reason. The Divinals and I Touch Myself. We didn't put it on there, did we? No. 
Well, let's get it on there today before it's too late. Before we forget about it. That was okay. It had its moments. I give it about a two and a half on a scale of 45. Poll focuses on church scandal. Just under half the public has a favorable view of America's Roman Catholic Church in a new poll. A significant drop from February as the church struggles with the scandal over child sex abuse by priests. The ABC News poll released yesterday says 47% of the public has a favorable view of the Catholic Church, down from 63% in February. Among Catholics, 7 in 10 had a favorable view, down from 9 in 10 in February. Let's see, March, April, May, that's four months ago. Roman Catholic bishops are meeting in Dallas, as you know, this week, and plan to issue a national policy to reform churches' handling of child abuse allegations and find a better way to sweep it all back under the carpet. The poll of 1,004 adults was taken Friday through Sunday and has an error margin of plus or minus three percentage points, larger for subgroups like Catholics. Among the poll's other findings, a fifth of those polled, 22% approve of the way the church is handling the issue, while three-fourths disapprove, a third of Catholics approve. How do you like that? Three-quarters of everybody disapproved, and a third of Catholics approve, which means two-thirds disapproved. Four in five of the overall public and Catholics said a priest who has sexually abused one adolescent child should automatically be removed from the priesthood. Some church officials have recommended a policy that's slightly more lenient. I, being a hard-ass prick like I am, say that they ought to be in jail. Almost nine in ten said the practice of not calling police when a priest is accused of abuse has been a major part of the problem, and more than three-fourths said the church policy of not allowing priests to marry is a part of the problem, with half saying it's a major contributor. An equal number pointed to inadequate screening and preparation of priests. There you go. A lot of priest stuff today. I, I apologize for that. I can't help it. 9.56. Do I apologize for it? No. That's just a joke. 9.56 at 5.60 WQM. We don't apologize for brandy shoes, man, because they're incredible. When you shop for quality footwear, we know that selection and professional service are very important to everyone, and price is probably at the top of your list. Well, you can't beat the prices at Brandy's because you got the biggest selection of men's and women's shoes in town, the best service in South Florida, and the best prices in the universe, period. We're talking top quality names like Rockports, SAS, Sperry's, Timberland, Naturalizer, and lots more. And with their humongous selection, the chances are very slim that you'll ever hear anybody say to you at Brandy's, sorry, we don't have that style in your size. They won't say that because they got it. Brandy's is open daily 9 to 9, Sundays 10 till 5, and you'll be finding them at 1290 North Federal Highway in Pompano Beach. When it comes to price selection and service, they are unbeatable. And don't forget, all this week at Brandy's, men's and women's Rockport Pro Walkers, only 5290. This week only. Mean it. <laughs> Why don't you look me up? Sports Radio 560. QAM. Were you fudge packing? Desperate for changing, I went online. I emailed a dominatrix. Now everything is fine. I'm naked in a dungeon made for slaves. I get whipped when I have misbehaved. Just to prove that she is my master. I'm hanging by my testicles for her. are painful when they're up my butt but that pain isn't nothing when you're hanging from your nuts and I've been hanging from my testicles for days now my balls are rotted and 
my testicles for her. My scrotum used to be a normal sack. Now I can pull it halfway up my back. Ought to move that she is my master. I'm hanging by my testicles for her. All right. Number five yesterday, just barely edging out Taco by a couple votes. So breathe a uh, sigh of relief on him. You breathe him? Well, that sure sounds good on my speakers in here, I'll tell you. I only wish you could hear it, but your speakers down there are pretty crappy. So anyway, we're uh, compiling list number two, the second in a 500-part series of the best one-hit wonder. And, of course, there are so goddamn many of them. Man, there are just a zillion of them. If you want to check out that website that Eric recommends enthusiastically, onehitwondercentral.com. Onehitwondercentral.com. And it's got year by year. I mean, there are like 85 trillion, decade by decade, and then you go year by year. Now, we're going to argue about some of these. Now, how many you got? Counting. Ballpark. Give me a ballpark number. Uh, Fifteen, maybe. Fifty? Fifteen. Oh, fifteen. Don't say fifty, otherwise that's the end of this. Uh, Fourteen, so, exactly. Okay, so in other words, we got room for like another uh, 25, 30. Sure. And we'll go down this list. Now, I'm going to have to rely on you and Robert. I don't know if Robert knows any of these. He knew that one. Well, I don't know what kind of music Robert listens to. What the hell kind of music do you listen to? Heavy listening? metal. Hard, heavy hard metal. Oh, four non-blondes. Four non-blondes, what's up? Oh, uh, what's going on? Oh, what's, what's up? up is the name of the song, but, uh, yeah. No? Are we writing that on there? It no, was, no, I'm, one I'm asking. Wonder. I don't know any of these songs. There, it was a big hit. They remixed it. Uh, that was it from them. Okay, Four Non-Blondes, What's Up? What's up? Make sure you get it spelled right on there. What's up? Yeah, just like that. How about Whale and Hobo Humpin' Slobo Bay? Slobo Bay. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is that? Slobo? I saw the video for that. <laughs> Hobo humping Slobo Babe. I didn't think that was ever a hit, though. Oh, that sounds like uh, right up your alley. Yeah, whale. They're from, like, Finland or uh, Good, let Iceland go back. or something like that. Tasman Archer, Sleeping Satellite. Well, that was a big hit on the coast. Okay, there you go. There's another one for you. How about US-3 and Cantaloupe, Flip Fantasia? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, what? It was a, it was a hit. It was well, on the radio put it on there, then. Well, of course, these were all hits. I mean, it, to tell me that it was a hit is not, like, a profound. It doesn't tell me anything I need to know. It was a one hit. Uh, I don't the know The year, about by the way, for these is 93, 94, 95 on this particular page that I'm working on right now. Yeah. Positive K, I got a man. Uh, I've heard that one before. And? Not the best, but it's an oldie, 80s. Not hey, who, the best. No, who, it's not the 80s. It's 1993. It was 93? 93. Who did See Cantaloupe? See how time flies when you're having fun? What? Who did Cantaloupe? Us three. Okay. Oh, us three. I thought it was US three. See, that, that's like uh, in, inks in excess. First time on Zeta when I read a, a promo, inks. something about in excess, I read inks. And they thought it was cute. What I expect from an old guy like me? I'm, I mean, I'm even older than Kid Scurvy, who thinks he's programming the young people. So what do you think about that uh, Bo Griffin thing, huh? What's to think? I don't know. I think she's pretty old. <laughs> I think the act was old is what they meant to say. I see. Well, darling, 69 boys, Tootsie Roll. Never heard of it. 
I oh, that oh, one. Oh, 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 wait. Yeah, just Don't you like to see your Tootsie Roll? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who did that again? 69 Boys, B-O-Y-Z. That's 1994. What about Tag Team? What about Tag Team? Boom, there it is. Oh, yeah. Mm. What? Now, what year was that? That's See, Robert's confusing the pool now because he's throwing stuff in here, which isn't about... Okay, just a second. He's throwing stuff that's not on my current page. I mean, you know, if you're just, we're just going to open a tag team. Whoop, there it is. That was 1993. You're right. Very good, Robert. Like I told you, he's got his thumb on it. You better put that on there. Tag team and whoop, there it is. How do you spell whoop? W-H-O-O-M-P, exclamation point, and then in parentheses, there it is. Another one of those sports jock, dumb, uh, dumb, dumber, and dumbest things. Whoop, there it is. Oh, God. I think we could have like 65,000 just on today's pool, if you ask me. How about Big Mountain and Baby, I Love Your Way? Okay. Didn't uh, Peter Frampton sing the original on that? It sounds about right. Oh, come on. It come on, like George. Tune. Jesus Christ, just because he's some little limp-wristed faggot that comes up to your kneecap, you got to like Peter Frampton. He has a tiny penis, we hear. Well, so? Uh, what's it to you? How come I can't find Peter Frampton in my book? It was him. Here it is. Uh, Baby, I Love Your Way, 1976. And when was this horrible remake done? See, why do they keep remaking songs that don't need to be remade? There was, because they there was lack imagination and they want to cash in on a, a Big Mountain, hit. Baby, I Love Your Way. 4 p.m., Sukiyaki. Oh, yeah. Sukiyaki. There's another one that didn't need it. And you know who did the original Sukiyaki? I don't even have to look it up. Oh, no, I forgot. On Capitol Records, Kiyu Sakamoto. Oh. How do you like that for uh, knowing a lot of crap in your brain, huh? Even at this advanced stage. Kiyu Sakamoto. No, don't put 4 p.m. on there. Sukiyaki. Too close to lunchtime. Okay. Oh, Crash Test Dummies and mmm. Mm. Huh? Yeah. One of our favorites. Now, you're going to have a tough time spelling the uh, title correctly. I, I know how to spell You do? Yeah, it's mmm. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. 1994, the Crash Test Dummies. That'll get some votes. Oh, Dead-Eyed Dick. I beg your pardon. Can we say that? No. no. Dead-Eyed Dick and New Age Girl. Ring any bells for you? No. Am I writing well, it down? Well, don't just write it. No, because then we'll right. have too many of them. I'm, I'm relying on some knowledge there. I mean, this is 1994 or 5. I don't know anything about uh, American music from those years. If we're doing like European music, I know a little bit. Like real music. Um, Edwin Collins, A Girl Like You. Yeah. Yeah, what? Yeah, was, was it a good? Uh, it was uh, mediocre. Okay, well, don't put it on there if you think it was mediocre. Of course, you think a lot of stuff is mediocre, right? Well, sorry. Not that. No. Yeah, see, I wish I would have had all these CDs yesterday. Penis. Shocking. It is shocking, you know. Like Ricky Ticky once said, it's just shock radio. Remember that? Yep. I think he took off his cap in deference to me. Oh, so anyway, I'm sitting here dealing with these lists, and I'm supposed to be giving you some of these off these discs. This will be on here. Right? Of course. Spiral staircase, more today than yesterday. I don't remember what day 
was okay. It was one of those after you heard it about the fourth time that we said it was pretty good, but I don't want to hear it anymore. You know? Right. It was pretty good, but the three or four times that was enough. And this will be on there. Smith. For our darker complected folks, that's S M I F F Smith. Like Will Smith. Baby, it's you. Yeah. See, he made me step on it. You didn't. You did. You didn't step on it. Very close. Very tight. Let's have a replay. Instant replay. If they can do it in the NBA, we can do it on the Neil Rogers show. Instant replay for stepping on songs. How about uh, the flying machine? Do I have a little... Uh, yeah, I do, as a matter of fact. I can still see my little yellow circles. Corn to get a sharpie. Man, even in Iowa, there's not corn like this. The flying machine. Smile, little smile for me. Sure is special. Rosemary, whatever your name is. Where are they? You really should accept. Got it. He's gone for good. Got it. Is it just smile a little smile for me, or is there something in parentheses? That's that's all you need. That's the name. And just to prove we don't play only stuff we like. Oh. Oh. Cufflinks. Are we putting this on there? Tracy, when I'm with you. Okay, and just in case uh, you missed it yesterday, and I think it did, it made the number two as a matter of fact. A distant number two to um, Tainted Love by Soft Cell, but Mountain, Mississippi Queen. Now, isn't this around that Felix Cavalry in it? Just a joke. It's I think it was uh, Felix Papagayo. I think it was Papillon. Oh, now you had that voicemail this morning about how he really died. Yeah. Still about how he used way. to do the gangbang with some guys. Uh, some it terrible into, uh, group sex, and uh, he liked to watch his wife getting gangbanged. And now he's dead. Felix Papillardi of uh, Mrs. of a mountain. How about Over the Mountain by Johnny and Joe? But they had something else. That was a great song. Remember that? Yep. Way before you were born. Twelve minutes after ten at five sixty WQM. Have you noticed that all the good music was uh, written before George was born? You think it's just a coincidence? No, no, no not before sixty-four. Here's a simple question for you. Well, uh, uh, over the mountain was like in the fifties. Yeah, sixty-four was the Beatles and the Beach Boys. That was the right. end of all the good That's music. Sorry, Aerosmith. Here's a simple question for you. If somebody offered to give you several thousand dollars over the next few years, would you accept it? Of course you would. Don't be stupid. Which makes it really foolish to pass up an opportunity to refinance or buy a home at only 3.95%. Here's what we're talking about. There's a Fannie Mae program available at just 3.95% for both refinancing and purchasing of homes. Think about it. Just 3.95%. And all you have to do is call Financial Group. They'll give you all the information about how this works. Call toll-free 1-800-940-5363. That's 1-800-940-5363. Did I say my? Oh. I don't think I said that clearly. To be more specific, you can get 100 grand with payments of only 475 bucks a month, or get yourself 200 grand with payments of only 950 dollars a month. You'll save yourself a schmidt load of cash. So it'd be downright stupid to pass up an opportunity to do something like that. So do the math and do the smart thing. Get all the details with no obligation by calling our friends at Financial Group toll free. It's 1-800-940 Lend. That's 1-800-940-5363. They're an equal housing lender. Credit restrictions do apply, and rates are subject to...
Yank it, baby. Coming up tonight on Inside the Behind the True Hollywood Celebrity Music Biography Profile Story, we take a good, hard, stiff look into stardom. She made us laugh as only a decrepit, incontinent old person saying something suggestive can. She was Clara Peller, the old lady who said, Where's the beef? What I liked was that Where's the Beef could be about a hamburger patty, but it could also be about a man's private parts. In tonight's archive interview, Clara talks openly about the double entendre contained in the slogan. You know, Where's the Beef could be something you'd say about a man's penis. Clearly, Clara was not unaware of how the phrase entered pop culture. You could be talking about his trouser snake. Yes, Clara Peller was as feisty as her on-screen persona. Could be a reference to his rod, his swinging weenie, his lizard, his naughty bishop. Uh, yeah, okay, that's enough, Clara. His, his little soldier, his pork sword, his stiffy, his... Wait, did I say c***? That's my favorite one. Clara Peller. We had hoped she would shatter the stereotype of the elderly as horny, half-senile nut jobs. But, well, what are you going to do? It's a big, juicy, sopping wet look at show business tonight on Inside the Behind. So where is the beef when you come right down to it? Clara, 1018, of course, she's still dead. That's the bad part for Clara. Some good faxes here. Something in the air by Thunderclap Newman. You are absolutely correct, sir. And how many times have I played that on the air and tried to pedal that to the South Florida audience? They don't, we'll, we'll put it on there. Thunderclap Newman, something in the ear, but they don't like it. Don't ask me why. Maybe it's just too good. Here's Wynn, who says, love the no-call format. And I'm glad you mentioned that, because last week when I was down there for those three days, I want to apologize for Monday through Wednesday of last week. And George especially wants to apologize for last Thursday when I was in transit back here to Toronto. Yeah. Oh. Brutal. But it, I think it's good that we do that once in a while just to prove a point that the calls are so bad that they're like a show stopper, a show destroyer. They're like the end of the universe. Just to prove the point. Not not that we really have to. Anyway, Wynn says, um, yesterday you mentioned the next Stanley Cup game isn't until Thursday. That's right. Wrap it up tomorrow night, boys, eh? Cut the crap. And by the way, Igor Larionov, what an asshole. When he was in Florida playing for the Panthers, I say playing for the Panthers when he was wearing the Panther uniform, which he never played a lick. Never exerted one ounce of effort. Now that he's back with a great team, all of a sudden at the age of 41, he's, refound his, he's, uh, he's regained his youth. Makes me sick. Anyway, it uh, says that's because the F and NBA finals are on tonight, so we don't have. Uh, they don't want to go up against that, so they had to push it back till tomorrow. As far as one hit wonders, and here's win is absolutely correct. Turning Japanese by the Vapors. He's right. I looked it up. Yep. And of course, goes without saying. But Frank, who seems to have a problem, Frank every day faxes us some uh, <laughs> some incorrect information. He says Paul Hardcastle had a hit with Rainforest in the mid-80s, so he doesn't qualify as a one-hit wonder. Well, guess what, Frank? Rainforest wasn't a hit. It didn't make Billboard's top 40. For those that don't know, he even has a greatest hit CD, says Frank. And guess what, Frank? You're still wrong. How do you like that? <laughs> so uh, don't mess with our list. And Deb... Debbie says, and she is correct. Uh, how could we forget? How could Georgia forgotten this? Yeah. And I could go back there in the TV themes and whip this right out and play it again. But I think I've, I think I've already done that a little bit too much anyway. Believe it or not, theme from the it's actually called the theme from the greatest American hero. Yeah. How could I have forgotten that? Joey Scarberry, a medley of his smash, great song. Theme from the greatest American hero. 
We don't have to put Believe It or Not, because that's not really officially the name. Okay. Got it? Got it. So the list is growing, and now... Now some more. See, it's amazing, because I buy these CDs very, very cheap. Great CDs, best of kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I look them up in my book, and I find out, for example, there's 12 cuts on this one, and two, four, five, seven, or is it eight? Well, I can't see my eight, I guess. Eight out of 12 are like one hit wonders. Ides of March. Hey, Step on. I got the pictures, the taxi, and eat out of my hand. I'm gonna make you a radio star. I'm Walter Shaver, baby. Alright. I can do anything I wanna do. I'm your consultant woman, and I'm gonna be consulting you. I'm giving that show, I'm a crap show, and a formula. I've got the formula. I've got the power to mold and control. People, you know, we have many controversial people in the radio business, and you can ask uh, like 50 different people. I'll give you 50 different impressions of that person. Every single person I've ever mentioned Walter Sabo's name has said the same thing. He's an asshole. Yeah, every one of them. Even people he worked for said he's an asshole. So how do you like that? In fact, I think especially people he worked for stations he helped destroy. Anyway, you get that uh, Ides of March? Yes, I did. And we had this on yesterday, Rod Captain Ride, which did very well. But I figured so we might as well play a little bit of it. Did I play this earlier, Blues Image? Maybe this morning. It was number four. I played it before the show. I think. Number four on yesterday. See, and probably there's some punks out there thinking, well, you don't have to go out and buy all these CDs. You could download these for free and burn your own CD. Yeah, I could do that, but you know something? You know how much time that would take? Speaking of downloading. Hour. Yes? From yesterday, also, you didn't have it yesterday. Hotel Star. Thank you, Booker Brian. By the Tornadoes. Yes. Now, what year was that? About 61? You got me. Six, 61 or 2. Oh, I'm going to have to look that up. It had to Jeez. have been 63 or 4 no. later no. than that. No, because I was in Boston when I was a hit. All right. I remember Bruce, Bruce Bradley playing that on WBZ in Boston and Jefferson K. But uh, those were the great days for radio. Telstar, 11 Ooh. Like I said. Okay, well, that was yesterday, and it did very well. It was number four, but let's move onward and forward. Now, you wrote down the Ides of March. How about... Yes. 
this piece of, I mean, this great song. Tin Tin. Toast and marmalade for tea, sailing ships upon the sea. I guess what they called their pet dog. Toto? Yeah. Aunt Lovelier than you. Tin Tin, Toast and Marmalade for Tea, what do you think? Uh, I don't think Crap. I've ever heard that. I, you never heard that? <clears throat> I don't think so. I might have to be inspired to play the whole thing. That would sure kill, like, uh, how long? Are we like, writing it down? Two minutes. But I'm not going to do that. No, don't put that on there. I never heard it before either. Tin Tin My Ass. 26 after 10 at 560 WQM. Here's something a little more down to earth. Tom Lehman. He's got at least one foot on the ground. It's Hallett's 2002 Neil Rogers Neal Deal blowout sale going on at Hallett Pontiac right now at 13401 South Dixie Highway. That's in the same location you know. They've always been over 35 years of making great deals for people on US1 right across from the falls where the lowest sale price right as I speak is marked on the invoice. All 2002 cars and trucks in stock. You can choose from 1.9% financing or get you up to a $3,500 rebate. And while you're at Hallett, be sure and take a peek at the complete line of GMC SUVs, including the Envoy, voted by Motor Trend as the SUV of the year. In fact, while you're there, also be sure and ask Tom Lehman if he really has a Neil Rogers blow-up doll. Plus, see the all-new Vibe SUV. Vibe's got the power of a sports car at just a fraction of the price. Hallett's also got a stupendous selection of pre-owned cars, dependable pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you've been turned down for credit anyplace else in the world, have no fear because Hallett is here. They'll get your deal worked out, even if George has to make the payments. It's about time you make somebody's payments. It's the 2002 Neil Rogers Neil Deal blowout sale going on right now. Oh, by the way, we got that thing in the mail. Good. At Hallett Pontiac GMC, and also got my check in the mail. Oh! Thank you. Uh, I'll tell you, Clarence is doing a hell of a job. Clarence is doing one hell of a job, Duff. I just mentioned that. It's the 2002 Neil Rogers Neil Deal blowout sale going on right now at Hallett Pontiac GMC, which is just what I was starting to say before George interrupted me. 13401 South Dixie Highway on US 1 across from the falls. Open every day, seven days a week. For more info, you can call the Neil Rogers Neil Deal hotline at 1 That's 1 this is the most disgusting program. Uh-huh. I urge everyone to complain to this station. Once there was this kid who had a little accident and had to run from school. But when he finally came back, his friends gave him the nickname of Stinky George. He tried to make the John, but you know he couldn't hold it. Here's one of my favorite all-time songs, but I'm not sure that this is the right group. Okay. Status quo, was that the right group? Pictures of Matchstick Men. I'm going to go out and find that somewhere if I have to scour this whole area. Right. Huh? Yeah. Does that sound like the right group? Sure. I haven't heard that in so long, I really wouldn't know. But I'll just look it up in a book real quick here. And by the way, the Billboard book, other than uh, Question Mark being from uh, Texas, which they said which was wrong, from Saginaw, Michigan, other than that, Billboard don't make mistakes, Frank. So don't be dicking with our thing, okay? I've got Let's some nice see. instrumental music for you to look that up with. 
No, I got it right here. Status quo pictures of Magic Men, uh, uh, December 68. I played that on the air in Kalamazoo, Michigan. How do you like that? Are we writing like it down? It. Yeah. Just checking. What are you playing? Classical gas? Yeah, I think that qualifies. Mason Williams? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Well, what do you mean you think that qualifies? I can't remember any other hits they might have had. Well, he, I, well, Mason. what do you mean they? He. It. Well, you know, Mason and William. I think you're wrong. Look it up. But I'll look it up. I'm looking it up right now as you speak, as you're playing that. Here's Roger Williams, Autumn Leaves. Remember Roger Williams on Cap Records? Yep. How about Mason Williams? Like I said, that's the only hit he ever had. Classical Gas was number two for two weeks. He did a tutu in 1968. One of the outstanding instrumentals of all time. I'm Nothing like down. classical gas. I dropped some in the elevator here yesterday, as a matter of fact. People were scattering. Scattering? How about... Ah! Speaking of instrumentals... Oh, but before we play that... How about pictures of Magic Men by Status Quo 68? They are the most successful rock band of all time in the UK, where they've racked up uh, 56 chart hits since 1968, even bigger than the Beatles and Westlife. They also have had over 40 hits in both Germany and Holland, where there are over 500 Dutch names of the uh, members of the fan club. 5,000, 5,000 Dutch members of the Status Quo fan club. Next time you're in Holland, go to a record store and see how many albums they've got, and ask somebody if they've been popular last to 30 years. They're uh, in the one-hit wonder book, but uh, they're whatever. I can't read the bottom line. This didn't come out on the facts. How do you like that, huh? See, like that'll it. be another thing when I go to the 85,000 different record stores in Amsterdam. Then we'll come up with some really heavy-duty crap. Thank you. This was pretty good. The Assembled Multitude. You didn't think that was pretty good? I loved it. The Overture from Tommy? Mm-hmm. That was I didn't August. know that was a group, though. I thought that was just them, the who. No. What do I know? Not much, We're writing it down? Yes, of course. Are you, are you kidding me? Jesus Christ! As Mo would say... Oh, awesome. That's called uh, theme or overture? Overture from Tommy, and then in parentheses, a rock opera. Let's get all the names right on here, just just for one day. Just relax, Eric. Nah. Have another breakfast burrito, sweetheart. Just to sit back and calm down. Have a little more pasta with some uh, bolognese sauce there. See, I bet you Eric's one of those people who eats like pizza for breakfast. He's not particular about when he eats what. You know what I mean? <laughs> drives him crazy when you say that. Why? I think he's only had coffee at this point this morning. Get out of here. Every time you say something like that, he calls me up and tells me exactly what he How can he keep his blood sugar level to with only coffee? With just ten years a little after. bit of uh, Splenda in his coffee. November 71, ten years after. Good no song. You know this? Of course. I'd love to change the world. Outstanding song. You won't get any more. Everywhere is freaks and hairs. Fairies. Dykes and Fairies. You're gay. Who did this? Ten years after. Tax the rich, feed the poor, tell their rich no more. Got it? I'd love to change the world. I'd love to change the world. Not to be confused. You know, the title of that makes you, like, confused with, with this. I'd like to teach the world. I'd like to build good the world a home. No, not good. Excellent. The New Seekers, which, by the way, they unfortunately had other... No, I guess luckily for us they had other hits, so we don't have to put that piece of crap on there, because I, I... Oh, 
I mean, that was kind of like, okay, bubblegummy, like, uh, you know, Coke small commercial. Tea. The first 40, yeah, right. Oh, I sure wish I had, I think I do have that. It's no. down here somewhere lost. Oh. Oh, the tokens. No. It's George not. strikes out again. Well, they've Sorry. only been remade five times. No. Yeah, you're right. It, this is another song that never had to be remade. Should but the tokens is the original. Yeah, I know that. No Schmidt, Sherlock. Oh, that's Robert, why I said John. That. Ah, Robert, Robert John. Ah, Robert John. He had other hits, Robert John. He did? Yeah, lots of at least on the oh, AC I don't, charts. I don't, have a, I don't have a yellow thing on it. Well, it just happens to be on the CD. Don't start playing Butch Boss now. And just because you're starting to get so ornery, I'm going to play like uh, -oh. uh I'm going to play this just because you're getting ornery. Because Hank likes it. <laughs> Hank says he puts on a hell of a show in Vegas. <laughs> better, better you than us, Hank. Who's this? <laughs> that was fun. Nice talk up, Hank. You hear that? Never trust people who talk through their teeth. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Daddy, don't you walk so fast. This creature, man. Here we go. Let's go, Wayne. Daddy, don't you walk so Have we ever uh, done a poll about, uh, I guess we have, all the recording artists, the ones that you hate the most? Have we ever done that? I, I don't know. Did we do that? I don't know, but if, if we have, how come Wayne Newton didn't win it? Here's a song about something George likes to do, or at least by a group. Flash. I like the flash. Put that on there. August 72, Flash. It's called Small Beginnings. Remember that? No. No? Nope. How about... I know you remember this. And you disputed. You said, oh, he had other hits. Well, guess what? Didn't. Riding on the city of New Orleans. Arlo Guthrie, city of New Orleans, man. October 72. Monday morning. And a lot of albums and a lot of other uh, marginal stuff, but no hits. Well, I know that Alice's Restaurant was way too long to be a hit to be played on the radio except on a holiday. Right. But this I'm surprised only it sounds too much like Bob Dylan. I thought coming into Los Angeles was a hit. No. I just say Los Angeles. Don't be arguing with my billboard book, I Mr. I looked this up before I put my yellow dot on my CD here, okay? So when I tell you it's the Emmis man, don't ask what's dot. Speaking of that, Sean P. Diddy Combs might need a girl, but he swears it's not J-Lo. You know, do you think that she might ever associate with anybody who's, like, heterosexual? I hope not. She seems to keep getting married to these uh, faggots. I mean, the rap mogul whose current hit is I Need a Girl has been mentioned in some reports as the cause of Jennifer Lopez's separation from her husband of eight months, dancer Chris Judd. <laughs> Combs issued a statement Monday denying the rumors. Contrary to reports, Mr. Combs and Ms. Lopez are not together. However, he wishes her well during this difficult time, said his publicist, Natalie Moore. Combs and Lopez had a high-profile romance for two years, if you believe that. Anybody buying it? No. Before breaking up on Valentine's Day in 2001, she married Judd, one of her background dancers, seven months later. At least Brittany ain't marrying those little uh, twerps that uh, background dancers. She's got those fruit flies, you know, that are in her videos. 
Yeah. Me- meanwhile, another rumor, speaking of uh, people who always are rumored to be something that are associated with J-Lo, another rumor that Ben Affleck, who recently went gaga over J-Lo in the Hollywood trades, had a hand in the breakup, has been quashed by the Some of All Fears stars camp. Camp being the operative word. That'd be a poll I'd like. I guess we've done that in the past, but now since there seem to be so many of them. Celebrity stars that are rumored to be gay that you are just positive. You know, which one are you the most positive? I mean, she's just never associated with anybody straight, J-Lo. Maybe that's the problem. Is there anybody who believes that she's? No. Well, there you go. I rest my case. Of course, George is very emotional about that, thinking about her and that big ass. No, I don't like her. Oh. She has that's a right. I forgot face. she's reeking. I'm sorry. I forgot she's reeking. Have you noticed her face? Grotesque. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've noticed everything about her, and all she all she's got going is a big ass. That's it. I did notice that uh, that Hispanic uh, guy that she was dancing with in that one video, the one that was like almost stark naked. There, you know the one I'm talking about? No. Th- that flamenco one? Oh, come on! You never saw that video? I don't. I don't know which one you're talking about. Woo! Man, oh man! Twenty. Uh, what is it? Nineteen to eleven at five sixty. Somebody will know. Somebody will. Robert will tell you. He'll explain to you. Of course, you don't see any videos anyway because you're in America. That's why. That's probably. Thinking about painting your home or business? Don't paint. Protect your investment with liquid ceramic. Liquid ceramic, the technology born in NASA's space program. The good news is they're now available in South Florida. Liquid ceramics, the most advanced exterior, interior, and roof coating available in the universe. Now you too can have the same high-tech ceramic technology that shields the space shuttle, protecting your home or building, and you'll never, ever have to paint again. Sounds too good to be true, but it's true. Liquid ceramic is guaranteed for as long as you own your home or building, so forget about repainting every few years. Liquid ceramic won't fade, it won't peel. It's guaranteed, man. This state-of-the-art coating yields an R24 insulation equivalency that helps you bring down electric bills as well. Liquid ceramics available in over 1,800 different colors, so no matter what color your home or building is, they can match it perfectly. Check out Liquid Ceramic today. Call 305-347-5122. Liquid Ceramics been manufactured and sold for over 40 years, and like I said, the great news is now it's available right here in South Florida. Call 305-347-5122. That's 305-347-5122. Be sure and tell them Uncle Neil told you to call or visit their website if you like at Liquid Ceramic. unsung heroes of the Second World War. They developed a code that the Nazis couldn't break. They were the Breaking Wind Talkers. So what made you join the Marines, soldier? I wanted to serve my country, sir. And, uh, also bean burritos for lunch. Breaking Wind Talkers. A new John Woo Woo film. They fought hard. They fought brave. And when they sent important messages, they opened a window. If this is going to be a long transmission, you guys need to crack a window or light a match or something. Yikes! Their unique skill and courage may have shortened the war by six months. They were the breaking wind talkers. Are you sending an important message now, Private? I was just, uh, clearing my throat. 1047 at 560. WQM, we got the Mad Dog at 1. We got Hank, uh, no, we, uh, no Hank? Am I on the right day? Oh, that's right. We got a day game today. Marlins uh-huh. on deck at 1.30. So Mad Dog is coming in for a half an hour. That seems ridiculous to me, you know? Yeah. See, if Clarence would have been smart, he would have asked me, hey, you want to do an extra half hour and then Mad Dog can have the day off? Wouldn't and that you, have been smart? I would have said it. Huh? You would have said yes? 
Why the hell not? Oh, just based on precedent. What are you talking about? I've done extra stuff. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Not gladly. Not you're, like all happily. Well, you are. You're just such a little prick, man. It's unbelievable. Sure, I have. All right. Not gladly. In fact, it's not. I'm, I'm, I was uh, volunteering there. I guess it's probably too late. Probably. But anyway, I so can have Robert run right out there. No, nobody comes in for a half an hour. I mean, just the driving alone. Where the hell does he live? He lives in Dade County, doesn't he? I don't know. Not if he's smart. I know Little Dog lives in Plantation. I don't know where Mandish lives. But anyway, just to come in there, the driving alone would be more than a half hour to do on the air. It makes no sense to me. Marlon's on deck at 1.30. Marlon's at Kansas City where they got shot out of 5-zip last night at 2.05. Hank will be on after the baseball. He also should have a fairly short show till 7 o'clock. The big oh. Orlando Alzagiri at 7, Eddie K after him, and then Joe and Mark overnight, 2 to 6. So that's the schedule, and uh, the fact that Mandich has to come in for a half hour pains me greatly. He ought to phone it in. Yeah. You I could just, just play one-hit wonders for a half hour. I could just play music for a half hour, and I guarantee, and of course, leading up to the Marlins, get a bigger number than the Marlins, right? Yes. You bet. Make no mistake about that. Oh, guess what I did for a debt? Oh. Just because I'm such a nice guy, huh? Because I'm in such a good mood, and because the sun will shine sometime today here in Toronto. Sooner or later, and it's going to get to 75. Look at what's happened to me. Joey Scarberry, what? Now, what is uh, his story? I, I don't know his story. I could make one up. I'm up on top of the world. Been I mean, the one that, that I made up about four Felix Cavalieri Papillardi uh, Schwartz. Well, guess what? Joey Scarberry was born 6755 in Ontario, California. How do you like that? I didn't know there was one. Theme from the greatest American hero. You didn't know there was what? Ontario, California? Right. There's a very famous airport there. I've, in fact, I've uh, flown there. Good song. 18 weeks on the charts in 81. It reached number two for two weeks. It did a two-two. And George hates it because he had to play too much on here when he's like a disc jerky. Now, Big Arnie, who's a chronic faxer and usually a fairly astute guy, well, kind of a yahoo, he says, yesterday was the worst bunch of songs I ever heard in my life. Can you believe that? Yeah, and I he says, today, today is just as bad. What a hard ass. What a Schmidt head, you know what? However, my all-time most hated song in the history of the world is not a one-hit wonder. It's that unbelievable song by Paul Anka, Having My Baby. Now you're starting to redeem yourself, uh, Arnie. He says, oh, man, the lyrics, the seed inside you, I feel a growing man in the baby, too. This song makes me puke. Where the hell did you find that? This is a parody. So, oh, I see. Thank God. Well, why didn't we play it? Oh, I didn't know you wanted to. It's well, a, what's it called? I'll play it later. Another baby. Oh, that, no, I don't want to play that. That's, that's self-serving. That's a George bit. Yeah. That's a book of Brian George thing. Oh, so here's a fax from somebody like one out of four ain't bad. Um, Arrested Development in Tennessee. Well, then none out of four, because Arrested Development had a, a bunch of hits. Did you know that? Yes. People Every Day, Mr. Wendell, and Tennessee, but all three of which were top ten. So uh, guess what? And then he's also got Blister in the Sun from the Violent Femmes. They had a lot of good songs, but I think that was their only hit. That well, it wasn't the top it to 40 the hit. It, it wasn't the top 40 hit. Wow. How you like Any Camozzi. <laughs> Hot Stepper. Here, Hot Stepper also didn't make it. He, 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 from I'm Crazy. Well, I think you are crazy because... <laughs> so, thank you very much for your... Never heard of that. List. I bet you Big Arnie would be impressed with that list. 
Here's one that says, and another one that's wrong. Oh, this is from Rich Pactor. I recognize that little R on the bottom. It says, back in 67, there was a uh, singer by the name of Wayne Cochran. As, and why is he telling me this? Wayne was on my show. Wasn't he real tight with Rick and Suds? I don't know. Or with Ranieri? With somebody in IOD, he was real tight. He was on all the time. Anyway, he was on my show. I know Wayne. Oh, maybe with Craig Worthing, he was really tight, so to speak. Anyway, Wayne Cochran had one hit, um, a one-hit wonder called Get Down With It. Now he's a preacher on TBN with um, Paul and Jan Crotch, writes Rich Pactor. Well, guess what? Get Down With It didn't make it. It wasn't a hit. Not in the book. So we got a lot of people who are, like, uh, speculating lots of wild stuff here, but they're coming up with stuff that just uh, didn't make it. Now, let's see. Where do we leave off on the list? I, see, and I'm missing out on all the other good stuff. i got to get to the O.J. story, but we still got a couple hours to go, maybe two and a half hours. What do you say about that Mandage thing, huh? What about it? No, I, I'm really serious. If they would have asked me, see, they were afraid to ask me. Right. I would have been I'd been delighted to do it. Now, now if it was, like, some other people, I would have said no. If it would have been, like, Zagaki, I'd have said, are you kidding me? But for Mad Dog, I would certainly uh, do the half hour, especially if he keeps bringing me naked pictures of Tom Brady. Well, maybe he's listening. Maybe he'll call in. Yeah, call in on a bat line, okay, Mad Dog, and let him know. I'd be delighted to do one to one thirty-four. Although he's probably got some spots, but they could play his spots on the, on the tape, right? Don't you think? Of course they can. In fact, we know they must have him on tape because Joe Rose did the show on Monday, so they must have the Mad Dog if he's got any spots. And by the way, speaking of that, how come on the morning show, Robert? How come Geldy does all the live spots? Uh, he's Howard's got a couple, but most of the ones I hear are Geldy. Yes, that is true. <laughs> just calm down, Robert. You're leaving in August anyway. Okay, don't get all paranoid and psychotic. He just wants a good resume. You know, he wants a good recommendation. So we left off at Dead Eye Dick and New Age Girl. Edwin yeah. Collins, a girl did like we, you. Wait, did we write that down? No, of course oh, not. Oh, good, good. We didn't write no Dead Eye Dick. Edwin Collins, a girl like you, I don't know. Deep Blue something, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Don't know that one. Rednecks, that's with an X, Cotton Eye Joe. Oh, God. I don't want to hear, oh, God, either yes or no. Yay or no. nay, okay? No. Okay, he said no. Joan Osborne, one of us. Yeah. Okay, there we you go. We played that. Okay, Joan Osborne, one of us. The original and the parody. There's one. Well, what's the parody? What if God smoked cannabis? Uh, really? Are you are you uh, smelling me right? What if God Smoked Cannabis is a... Uh, see, because we have a lot of parodies, which I don't even know the goddamn real song. One of Us by Joan Osborne. He's probably pumping on a big fat one right now. As a matter of fact. Outstanding. If God had a bomb and took a hit, then would he act like Cheech and Chong? Yes. And get the munchies and make brownies filled with hash. All right. And would he share it with Jesus and the saints, those pious potheads? And yeah, yeah, pot is great. And yeah, yeah, pot is good. And yeah, 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 yeah. What if God smoked cannabis? Smoking pot like one of us. Oh, God. Getting high on the back of the bus. Just him and Moses getting 
On a Greyhound bus to Rome To get some Vatican homegrown A couple dime bags to take home Uh-huh Smoke a big Bob Marley on his throne. No fun in heaven less yours. See, they had to get the bags to go because they don't have motorcycle or delivery service where they are. Oh, unfortunately. 1056 at 560 WQM. There's another lesson for you. I never knew that about uh, one of us and Joan Osborne. Man, this is like a very educational day on this show. Here's something else you ought to know about, probably already do know, I would think. Father's Day is just about here, that's right. Make Dad feel special by getting him a comfortable new pair of athletic shoes from our good, close, personal friends at New Balance Stores. With three sensational locations for you in South Florida, you'll find New Balance in Pinecrest. They're, they're in Aventura and also in Boca, where they got fantastic prices for the whole family on the world's best athletic shoes. And right now, until Father's Day, buy any New Balance shoe and get a free Cushion support insole, that's a regular $30 value, but it's yours for free now through Father's Day. I love the New Balance shoes that I'm wearing. I'm not, see, I keep saying that every day and I'm not wearing them right now. I'm sitting here barefoot. I'm barefooting like Robert Parker. How about that one? Want me to write it down? Well, I'll, I'll have to look it up during the break. Just, just don't get uh, nervous, okay? Give me a chance. I love New Balance shoes and they're the best in the world for walking around. You don't fall on your ass like some of us did a couple of years ago with those uh, loafers I was wearing. And they're great for uh, wherever you're going to be walking to. So if you need shoes, get them now at New Balance stores where the staff knows footwear in your feet like nobody else. They know what they look like, like they what they feel like, and probably what they smell like, too. And they still measure them the old-fashioned way, the width and the length and the whole deal, too, to make sure the bottom line is they give you a perfect fit each and every time. New Balance stores in Miami's Pinecrest on the second floor of the Aventura Mall and in Boca in the town center. Or check them out on their website if you like, newbalancemiami.com. Don't forget, until Father's Day, buy any New Balance shoe and get a free cushion support insole. Be sure and tell Neil sent you in. But hurry, because this offer expires. In that siren. Kill Nicole. There's songs about my education gripes. I sleep all day and my homeroom bites. One time I woke up and started taking tests and then I think I took an SAT. And that's about the time I said enough for me. My GPA was somewhere near point three. Learn all I want to watch in TV shows. What the hell are SATs? My friends say I should fear my grades. What's my grades again? What's my grades again? Then later on, on the bus home, my teacher called from her cell phone. She told my parents all. She said, I thought I'd feel I knew that this was jeopardy for me. And that's the point my mom and dad just looked at me. I said, what teacher said just could not be. Then suddenly a thought had come to me. I'm gonna get those A's and B's by hacking their computer C. What's my grades again? What's my grades again? 1102 at 560 WQM. I'll tell you one thing about the LAPD. They may not be good, but at least they're consistent. Latest scandal now. LAPD let a crime novelist go on interviews in the Blake case, and so it looks like maybe they botched the whole case. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Do you well, think they could convict anybody out there of anything? No. I don't think so. <clears throat> they got a real problem out there, the LAPD. 
Oh, here's a little thing about the Norman, not Norman Bates, but Norman Greenbaum. Although Norman's no longer involved in farm adventures, he still lives in Northern California, devoting his energy into developing Spirit in the Sky, the website. That's right, <laughs> Spirit in the... Hey, what you laughing about? Nothing man? like getting a lot, a lot of mileage out of one hit. Spiritinthesky.com. He's also gathering and enhancing previously unreleased material, along with working on a set of new songs for future projects, maybe like in a future lifetime, I guess. Because what was the year on that? 67? Spirit in the Sky. 68? It was uh, 70. Well, that's really? only 32 years ago. He's got plenty of time. So Roman Greenbaum, the good news is he's still working on it. Now, speaking of the LAPD, this is in the uh, Globe this week. Not the uh, Boston Globe, or not the Globe and Mail, but the uh, the uh, tabloid, the Globe. Angry O.J. Simpson launched a furious attack on his murdered wife's sister, and sources say that Denise Brown is now terrified she'll become the victim like a victim like Nicole. How do you like that, huh? Because you don't be like bad. her anyway. I don't like her either. Nobody does. The disgraced athlete blasted her with such vehemence that Denise, an advocate for battered women, feared for her safety, say insiders. According to a source, the juices scared sister-in-law warned her family that O.J. was out to get me just like he did Nicole. But defiant Denise put on a brave face by telling Globe that she'll never back down from Simpson. Let him come after me, she said in that exclusive interview. He doesn't scare me. He never has. Come on, Simpson. Give me your best shot, she says. How do you like that? Not a good choice of words, honey. O.J. went ballistic after Denise said in a newspaper interview that he should be investigated for illegal drug use. She claims that files from a secret FBI probe into an international drug ring may prove that he's violated the terms for keeping custody of his children, Sydney 16 and Justin 13. If the court in Orange County, California, which awarded him custody of the kids, decides to look at the evidence, which contains allegations that Simpson took part in cocaine binges and allowed unsavory characters into his home, it is possible that a judge could overturn the decision and return the children to their grandparents, Lou and Judith Brown, say the sources. They be saying. The prospect of losing his kids all over again turned 54-year-old Simpson into a raving madman, say pals. That woman's life is worthless, he railed about Denise, 44. Let me say it again. That woman's life is worthless. O.J. railed about Denise, 44. She lived in the shadow of her sister, and she's too stupid to ever step out of it. Denise stupid. hates me, but I'll make her pay, he allegedly said. How do you like that, huh? Hmm. Friends say Simpson was furious with Denise because he believes his children are the shining lights of his life, of his otherwise scumbag life. He told one pal, despite everything they've been through, they're great kids and I'm proud of them. They're both honor students, and Justin's just been named as Honor Athlete of the Year. That's an, an, a classy private school with high standards. The source confides that Simpson says Denise has more problems than he has and warned her not to make them an issue or she'd regret it, adding, I know she hates me, but my kids are off limits. According to sources, O.J. claims that he was told by Sidney and Justin that Denise had major problems after they spent an Easter vacation with the Brown family at their Dana Point, California home. But Denise's father, Lou Brown, 78, defended his daughter, telling a pal she has no problems. She's a good person, and what's more, she loves O.J.'s kids. Notice how everybody's got pals. Pallies. And everybody's pallies talk a lot, especially to the tabloids. However, the source who heard Simpson ranting says, I've never heard him so angry. He was just livid with Denise. I thought he was going to explode. One source who knows both Simpson and Denise tells the Globe, I can't believe the way he's behaving toward her. I thought he got away with murder. He should leave it at that. Now that O.J.'s living in Florida, the biggest thing in Denise's favor is the distance between them. She should keep as far away from him as possible. The reports of Simpson's fury quickly reached the sister of his dead wife, and she shuddered at the danger. 
Although Simpson was cleared in 1995 of killing Nicole and Ron Goldman on June 12, 94, he was later found liable for their brutal deaths by a civil jury, as we all know too well. It's the second time that the ex-football player has sent shivers down Denise's spine with his threats, say sources. The first menacing words came at Simpson's welcome home party just hours after his acquittal and shocked even his own supporters, reveals Nicole's lesbian lover, Faye Resnick, in her book, Shattered in the Eye of the Storm. Nicole's lesbian lover? That's what Faye said. The 43-year-old author, who had a brief gay affair with Nicole shortly before her murder and played a major part in the police investigation, wrote that as he celebrated his freedom, Simpson declared, there are two people I'd like to kill, Denise Brown and Faye Resnick. Then he drew his fingers across his throat. <laughs> oh, what a classy guy he is, you know what? His anger was directed at Denise because she gave evidence in the criminal trial about Simpson's violent behavior. Tearfully, she recounted before the jury that eventually, uh, what is it? She recounted before the jury that eventually acquitted Simpson how he threw uh, Nicole against the wall and then tossed her out of their home. She also testified that he grabbed her crotch in public and called her a fat pig when she was pregnant. See, now we're starting to side with him a little bit more. Yeah. Loeb reported in 1996 that Simpson had frequently sworn to get even with Denise, saying, I'll never forgive her and Faye Resnick. They can go to hell. After all I did for her, she turned against me. I picked up her tab for years. I paid for her drugs, her clothes, and I sent her to acting classes. She was jealous of Nicole and was always coming on to me when her sister's back was turned. She wanted me to bet her, but I didn't. She's just white trash. Now the enmity between Simpson and Denise is in overdrive. The new uproar exploded after Denise granted an interview to the Toledo Blade, which reported in its exclusive story she wants the court to decide whether the former football great violated his custody agreement. Nicole's big sister was quoted as saying, What really scares me is the court should be reading these reports, and they aren't. The story went on. Ms. Brown, who travels the country giving speeches on domestic violence issues, told the Blade last week that federal agents in Miami should turn over their files to the Orange County, California family court that still has jurisdiction in the custody case. It said the files gathered by the FBI during an investigation into an international rug, uh, ring uh, smuggling the drug ecstasy contained drug dealer statements, surveillance reports, and wiretap transcripts. Among the allegations are that Simpson allowed a drug dealer, Andrew Anderson, to stay in his guest house and babysit Sidney and Justin. The Blade says Anderson, 33, drove the children to and from school at the same time he was involved in narcotics deals. He's pleaded guilty to selling ecstasy. Simpson is denied being involved in any way with drugs or criminal activity. <laughs> After a raid on his house in Kendall by investigators, no charges were leveled, but it was later reported that he had been tipped off ahead of time. Simpson's attorney, Yale Galanter, tells the Globe that after Denise's comments were printed, he called her and her parents, and she denied giving any interview to the Toledo Blade. He added, O.J. says, as much as Denise hates me, she would never say this. For all the tension between them, they're strong in their understanding that they'll not involve the children in any disputes. O.J. and the Browns are happy with the current custody situation and don't want to uh, tarnish in any way, said Galanter. Despite Galanter's claims, Denise tells the Globe that she did give the interview and adds, My first concern is for those kids, my sister's children. If there are drugs being used in Simpson's home, the court with jurisdiction over the children should be made aware of that. <coughs> Now, according to friends, Simpson wants to slow down his life and concentrate on Sidney and Justin. O.J. lives every day knowing that he's lucky to be allowed to have them, says the pal. That's why he gets so angry when somebody like Denise threatens that. How do you like that, huh? I like it. And that, if that isn't good enough, Nancy Sinatra's cybersex shocker. Oi! She's exchanging racy talk with strangers in chat rooms. There's one for you. These boots for are made me? for walking, Nancy Sinatra. Walk away with them, please. Yeah. Her and her father, too. Dig him up for a while. Let's see if he can walk away. You know something? I better look that up. She had some other marginal piece of crap. And then she did I, with I him. think that was the only hit. What's the name of that song? That um, 
that Brit asshole did? Could you narrow that when down? With Nicole Kidman, you know, Robbie Williams. Oh, uh, we have that here somewhere. What? Then you go and uh, ruin it by saying something stupid. Like something stupid. Something That's stu- what it's called. Something oh. stupid. Oh, yeah, she had How Does That Grab You, Darling, uh, Sugar Town, and a whole bunch of other crap. Mostly with uh, Lee Hazelwood and with Frank, Swanky Frankie. So she don't qualify, thank God. But former pop st- uh, queen Nancy Sinatra has been going online and engaging in steamy sex talk with total strangers. The 62-year-old singer of the hit tune, These Boots Were Made for Walking, is typing her flirty come-ons to men, visiting the chat room on www.sinatrafamily.com, her family's famous website, and the stuff she writes is red-hot and definitely not for kids. In one message, she says, I think I could find something very interesting in Freddie's pants pocket. Why don't you just come on over here, Freddie? You're never too old to have a little, um, fun. Besides, I'll bet your lips still work. Pucker up, baby. Later on, she adds, Oh, Freddie, every time I look at your picture, I'm more convinced we should get together. Maybe a cruise would do it. We wouldn't even have to leave our stateroom if he didn't want to. We could have all our meals in bed. Freddie, honey, I'll meet you anywhere you say because I love how you make me laugh. I gave up sex for Lent, but for you, I'd give up giving up sex. In another message, he describes her in detail her nude 1995 photo shoot for Playboy and makes a suggestive remark about a hot dog. I bet you Clara, I bet you Clara Peller be uh, pleased. Nancy's shocking cybersex antics has her family terrified that the sizzling messages will attract a sicko stalker who could hurt or even kill the songbird insiders reveal. We can only... <laughs> I don't want to say that. That would be a bad one. We can only pray. Oh, God, is that stupid or what? Stupid. God. The danger is of one of the men start to believe... If one of the men start to believe they have a personal relationship with her and show up at her home, says a pal, her younger sister, Tina, 53, is especially worried... She keeps shouting at Nancy that one of these guys she meets could be a serial killer. Tina also feels Nancy, who's been single since her husband, Hugh Lambert, died of cancer in 85, is dragging the Sinatra name through the mud notes to pal. See, they got pals, too, the Sinatras, which is kind of surprising. Yeah. Twelve minutes after 11 at 560 WQM. We'll be here till 130 today. Just a joke. I'm, I'm sure they did not call. Nobody's taking me up on that offer. Try to be a nice guy. Try to crack that image of being a real hard-ass prick. But, you know, that's the way it goes. I made him an offer he could refuse, I guess. Would you come in to do a half hour? Would I? Well, I mean, like if you were in uh, Mad Dog shoes, if you were one of those. Uh, oh, hot if shot. I was a hot shot with like a real contract or something, I, I would. Sure as hell I would ask for the option. I'd laugh in their puss. Here's a simple question for you: If somebody offered to give you several thousand dollars over the next few years, just hand it over to you, would you take it? Would you say, "Hey, uh, hand it over"? Yes, you would. It'd be stupid not to do it, which makes it really foolish to pass up a chance to refinance or buy a home at only 3.95 percent. Here's the way it works. There's a Fannie Mae program waiting for you at 3.95% for both refinancing and purchasing of homes, just 3.95%. And all you have to do is make one easy phone call to Financial Group, and they'll explain it to you. Call 1-800-940-5363. That's 1-800-940-5363. To be more specific, you can get 100 grand with payments of only 475 bucks a month or get 200 grand with payments of $950 a month. You'll save yourself thousands and thousands of dollars so it would be really downright foolish to pass up a chance like that. Do the math and do the smart thing. The next logical thing, get the details by calling Financial Group at 1-800-940-LEND. That's 1-800-940-5363. They're an equal housing lender. Credit restrictions do apply. And like I always tell you, rates are subject to change if you wait. Mike Lowell for All-Star in 2002. Paid for by the Lowell Campaign in 2002. Fox Sportsnet and 560 QAM. Now that's the rejoin. 
That was the freaking rejoin? My vagina really gets my panties in a wide. You gotta be kidding me. Shock the hell out of me, too. at 560 WQAM. So here's a, a fax from David who was doing real well to get to the last line there. David who faxed us this at the end, he says, if you're not going to take calls, why not accept email? No, no. No. Now, see, you were able to fax this to us, David, and it's a very good fax. He's got three for three, which will put all three of these on the list. Did you look at this? Yes, I did. Yeah, it's a very good list. And I looked them all up, and he's absolutely correct. But emails is, you know, if we start taking emails, all you get is like a pile of crap. And I just don't, none of us associated with this program wants to take the time to go through 85,000 crank uh, crap to find something that might be of interest, especially when you can fax it to us, just like this fax I'm holding in my hand right now that magically appeared. How many times have we pointed out that if you can generate emails, you can also generate, if you have a computer, you can generate a fax? A hundred. Yeah, we've told you that about 400 times just today. Anyway, uh, David's got a good list, though, here. Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas, which is correct. Got it? Got it. Did you write these all down? I am now. Chumba Wumba. No thanks, I'm trying to cut down. Tub thumping. And right said Fred, and I'm too sexy. 
Good list there, David. Excellent job. And by the way, take your emails and sorry. All right, now getting back to this, because we're never going to get this done. I'd like to get this done by noon, and so Eric has a chance to get it up before he has to go out for brunch. Let's see, we left off at Tripping Daisy, and I got a girl, which is right after Joan Osborne and one of us. Are we, we putting uh, Tripping Daisy on there? Uh, you know it? Yeah, I know it. I like it. Okay, well, put it on there then. I'm leaving it in your incompetent hands. I mean, you know, use a little bit of judgment. Don't be stupid. Andrew uh, Skilo, and I wish. Skilo? Ne never heard of it. I wonder if she's kin to J-Lo. I remember that one. Was it good? Not really. Okay. Andrew Donalds and Miss Hale. Eh? M-I-S-H-A-L-E. Now, there could be Mishale, but I don't think... Miss Hale, that's like inhale. Or outhale. Or Nathan Hale. We don't know what that is. Moken Steph, he's mine. Never heard of it. Mad Season, River of Deceit. Nope. Dion Ferris, I know. Nope. I wonder if that's the same I know as Barbara George did. Remember Barbara George and nope. I know? In fact, wouldn't that be a good one? Want me to write Barbara it down? George? I don't know from it. You don't know Barbara George? Oh, my God. There's something very, very wrong. No, something Phyllis George. Really... God, George. <laughs> yeah, in fact, that's what. There's another one for the list right there. I wish I had it right here. I'd play it. You, you recognize it. Barbara George. I know you know Love Me No More. It's on uh, whatever it was, 1961. So I'm writing this down? Barbara George, that's with a G, and the name of the song is I Know. Is that that I one, I Know Something About Love? It's uh... No. Is that that one? Oh, right. No, that's not the one. I Know You Don't Love Me No More, No More. I Know Something About Love, that's, uh, well, who did that? Somebody else. Like the Chiffons or the uh, D.D. Sharpers. I Know Something About Love. See, now I'm going to have to look that up. God. Uh -oh. You know something? People think this is easy to do this. It's like, wow, you know, easy way to get through a show. I got news for you, man. The amount of work and slaving and effort in here is like astronomical. You believe me? No. Well, let's see. I know you don't know. I know something about love. Is that could that be the name of the song? It could be. I know the one you're talking about. That's not I know by Barbara George. Uh, I uh, I know I know a heartache when I see one. Jennifer Warren's. I knew you when. Boy, look at that. Billy Joe Royal, Donny Osmond, and Linda Ronstadt all, all did I Knew You When. But Billy Joe Royal did the original. I should have played a little more Cherry Hill Park by Billy Joe Royal. He was pretty good. What am I looking for? I know something about love, but we don't know if that's the name of it. I know something about No. Can't find it. And that really frosts my ass. That must not be the name of it. Well, somebody will know. Okay, now where did we leave off here? This is getting really confusing. I think it's called Tell Him. Maybe. Tell Him? Tell Him. Oh, Tell Him. That's it. Very good. Boy, you redeemed yourself I just, in a I, I sang there. the song in my head until I got tell to the chorus. Him, uh, tell see. Him that you're always going to... Tell Him. Tell Him by the Exciters. I never would remember that in a long time. In fact, you know something? I think that was on Lori Records. Can I look that up? Can I take just a moment just to prove how smart I am to myself? Even though I didn't know the answer, so I'm not quite as smart as I thought, I guess. The Exciters, there's the Everly Brothers, the Exciters, tell we'll play him. some looking up music. Rock and roll group, rhythm and blues vocal group from Jamaica. What was that? Nina. Rock and roll, R&B, will you cut that crap? I'm trying to pass some very important information on here, goddammit, from Jamaica. Jamaica, New York, that is. Long Island. Herb Rooney, his wife Brenda Reed, Carol Johnson, and Lillian Walker, the Exciters, tell him it was on United Artists Records. It wasn't on Lori Records, George. What are you talking about? Show off. 
Okay, how about uh, that's the end of that page, I guess. But this is we got a half an hour here, and we got to get today's list going. Now, how many we got on there? Would you say about thirty at least? About one page and a half. Well, that one page and a half doesn't tell well, me anything. You could have written them like in gigantic look, block letters. You could have written them in teeny tiny writing, like regular, that chronic facts or Jerry, uh, whatever his name is today. It's on a regular size legal pad. Here, see. Oh yeah, that looks like just about enough. Yesterday we put a page and a half on there just so that you can uh, reference. So, in other words, you think we have enough for today? We certainly have enough for the, for today. Because I got plenty of stuff here that I got to get to uh, before the end of the show today, especially if we're going to one thirty. Are we going to one thirty? No. And that, you know something, I, I withdraw that offer. You know how they say on TV, this is a limited time offer? Well, I would draw the offer. Lloyd. Too late. So if uh, Clarence comes breathlessly running in there saying, oh, will Neil really do that extra half hour? Say, no. No. He changed his mind. It was a stupid idea anyway, you know? It was really stupid. Yeah. I mean, you know, if Mad Dog wants to come all the way in there and be a superstar for half an hour, I'm just trying to give him like a day off, which I think would be nice. He could go out to like uh, Treasure Island. Have a little bit of uh, horizontal refreshment over there or something, or whatever, whatever he wants to do in his spare time. Go over to a dolphin camp. Is there a dolphin camp right now? I don't think so. Is there? He must be asking you, Robert. Near. <laughs> 27 after 11 at 560 WQM. Hey, let me tell you about the big one again. Now, not Tom Brady. We're talking about a big paycheck. That's correct. Everybody and their brother out there would like to have one, and a big paycheck, too. The demand for certified computer professionals is through the roof, so you can have a big paycheck very soon if you do the smart thing. Pick up that phone and call the good people at Fast Train, at 866-FAST-TRAIN, because summer classes are forming right this moment. If you call now, you can be certified in that brand-new money-making career before the end of the summer. Fast Train offers Microsoft-certified instructors. They've got four convenient locations all over South Florida, for you, including that new one in Kendall. They've got job placement assistance, day and evening classes, too. And for those individuals whose job was affected after 9-11, Fast Train is an operation paycheck training provider. So call them right now and get all the details. There's no obligation. Call 1-866-FAST-TRAIN or check them out on that World Wide Web at FastTrain.com. They can have you certified and ready for a new money-making career, like I said only moments ago, in as little as four months. Be sure when you call, tell them that Todd Dreck told you to make the call. Fast Train at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. travel to Kansas City to battle with the Royals. Discovery starts at 1.30 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. I've got two sets of lips. Hey, gang, what's the best-tasting thing this summer? Armor Big Hogs! You got it! An Armor Big Hog! And you'll see those specially marked Big Hogs hanging out at your local grocer today. Well, that's one big hog you got there, mister. Oh, thanks for noticing. Would you like a bite? Mmm, love to. Mind if I put a little mustard on your hog first? Oh, please, help yourself. Mmm. I can barely fit this damn thing in my mouth. I know, that's an armor big hog, but don't just have a bite here. Take it all. Mm, that's good, isn't it? That's a half a pound of meat right there, buddy. Huh? You like it? Yeah. Everybody will crave the taste of an armor big hog this summer. You want this big hog, huh? You want it? Here you go. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's sizzling hot, baby. What do you need, the ketchup? This summer, why not stick an Armor Big Hog right in your mouth and taste the difference for yourself? Oh, it's so big. Like I said, Clara Peller would be proud. 11.32 at 5.60. Don't forget, log on to WQM.com. Start playing the Toyota Baseball Trivia Challenge. Weekly prizes include golfer for Chulas. OJ will not be playing there that day. 
The grand prize is a trip for two to New York over Labor Day weekend to see the Marlins and the Mets. So log on and start playing with it at WQM.com. I heard somebody mention about O.J. Uh, crashing the golf tournament on Mo's show yesterday morning, I believe it was. And he uh, mumbled something about, yeah, I heard, I heard something like that, you know. Of course, no names were mentioned. <laughs> what do you say if we play, uh, play Bobby Bloom from 1 to 130 today, huh? On a loop? Why not? Very good. 27 till noon at 560. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, hurt. I'm wounded that we didn't get taken up on that uh, offer. Aren't you wounded? No. I'm not either. I want to get out of here and go to lunch. A woman who said she was molested 30 years ago as a first and second grader at St. Anthony's <coughs> St. Anthony's Catholic School in Fort Lauderdale filed a lawsuit yesterday seeking unspecified damages from the church and the Miami Archdiocese. The man she's accusing, Virgil M. Baumey, died in 1990 at the age of 88. He moved from Fort Lauderdale to Leesburg in 1985. The 37-year-old Broward woman, who was not identified in the lawsuit, said she didn't know if Baumey was employed by the Archdiocese, which oversees the Fort Lauderdale Church. She thought Baumey was a deacon, but an Archdiocese spokeswoman said the deacon program didn't begin until 1979. The woman said she saw the man at church every Sunday, at church social events, and in the schoolyard nearly every morning, where she used to hang out with uh, Paul Simon and Julio. In addition, he and his wife lived behind her parents' house, she said. That's not our Julio, by the way. Can you imagine Paul Simon and our Julio back uh, in the schoolyard? Why not? <clears throat> Don't be picking on Julio, okay? His name's written all over town here, and he was only here for like two or three days. The woman said in a phone interview Tuesday that Baumey fondled her, showed her pornographic black and white pictures, exposed himself to her, and forced her to touch him beginning in 1970. She said the abuse occurred at school and at her home and didn't stop until her father got transferred and moved the family. She said she called Baumey the man at the back fence because he would call her and her younger brother to the fence when they were playing or swimming in the backyard. He would expose himself and then give them candy and tell them they would get into trouble if they told anyone. Baumey's son, Joseph Baumey, 68, defended his father when he reached when he was reached at home in Greer, South Carolina. He said his family had bushes in the backyard that would have made it difficult even to get to the fence. We had a thick hedge back there, he said. It was six feet tall, three feet thick. I trimmed that thing for ten years and a hedge, too. Joseph Baumey said his father was a loyal churchgoer and an usher, but didn't remember him being involved with the school. He might have smiled at the girl or waved at her. He was nice to everybody. He had a salesman's personality. He liked to tell stories and all that, but didn't molest children. I guess her object is to go after the deep pockets, go after the church. How can she sue the church for stuff that happened like, uh, you know what I'm saying, with a dead guy? I don't know. How do you prove that? I guess we'll have to dig him up well, and see if he does have a thick bush. He can't deny it. Here's more bad radio news, by the way. It just gets worse and worse and worse. Spanish-language media giant Univision Communications is expected to announce as early as today that it is expanding its empire with the $3.5 billion acquisition of Hispanic Broadcasting Corp., the nation's largest Spanish-language radio company, sources close to the negotiation said yesterday. It would be the biggest merger in the history of U.S. Spanish-language media, outstripping NBC's recent $2.7 billion acquisition of Hialeah-based Telemundo Communications Group, which owns the second-largest Spanish-language TV network in the U.S. The deal represents the first foray into radio for Univision, which now has interest in Spanish-language broadcast and cable TV, the Internet, and Latin music as well. Sources say the merger will strengthen Univision's positions as the top Spanish-language media brand in the U.S. and will allow it to cross-promote its musical artists, on-air talent, and programming on its widening array of media outlets, as well as offer one-stop shopping to advertisers who want to reach the growing Hispanic market. With Hispanics' numbers now approaching 40 million, more than 13% of the U.S. population, media companies' interest in the market has intensified. 
It will be a stock-for-stock deal, sources said, with 0.85 share of Univision stock exchange for each share of HBC, and it's subject to both regulatory and shareholder approval. Sources say Hispanic Broadcasting's two largest shareholders, the Tickenor family and Cheap Channel Communications, have agreed to vote in favor of the acquisition, as has A. Gerald Parencio, Chairman, President, and Chief Executive Officer of Univision and its controlling shareholder. Both Univision and HBC declined to comment on the prospective merger last night. Although Univision based in L.A., the operation center for its three TV networks is in Miami. Univision's already got the top-rated broadcast Spanish-language network, Univision, a new broadcast network, Telefutura, the top cable channel, Galavision, the most popular Internet, uh, what is it, portal, Univision.com, the largest station group with 50 stations, and the number one Latin recording label, Fonovisa, under the uh, Univision Music Group umbrella in the U.S. market. The deal brings it to a radio, uh, brings it, huh? Hmm. It doesn't make any sense. The deal brings it a radio powerhouse with 55 Spanish-language radio stations in 14 of the top 20 Hispanic markets. By the way, this is in the Herald. That's why there's, like, hard-to-read stuff in here, Miss Prince, including four Miami stations, Radio Mambi, W-A-Q-I-A-M, 710, or is that 790, like Tom Jekka thinks, or is it the other way around? W-Q-B-A-A-M, 1140, Radio Ritmo. WRTOFM 98.3 and Radio Amor, WAMR FM 107.5 and a network of community focused bilingual websites. HBC owns more than half the top 25 rated Spanish language radio stations in the country. The combination means, for example, that in LA, the nation's largest Hispanic market, Univision would have two TV stations, four FM radio stations and one AM station. The pending deal comes at a time when some members of the TV industry are expressing concern about the impact of media consolidation on programming quality and diversity. As if we don't know the answer to that, right? Right. Earlier this month, the Caucus for Television Producers, Writers, and Directors sent a letter to FCC Chairman Michael K. Powell saying that while the new technologies increase the number of radio and TV channels available, there's also been an alarming increase in the number of corporate entities which own and control these systems. HBC would become Univision's radio division. Sources said the radio company would remain in Dallas. Top managers would remain. And McHenry Titchener, Jr., the chairman, president, and CEO of Hispanic Broadcasting, would head the new Univision radio unit. In recent months, Univision has been solidifying its future as the dominant Spanish-language media company in the U.S. In December, they reached an agreement with Mexico's Grupo Televisa and Venezuela's Venevisión that brought it Televisa's Los Angeles-based music recording business, Phonovisa, and also gave it the exclusive U.S. TV rights for all programming produced by Televisa and Venevision through 2017. How do you like that? It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and less and less competition, and just a handful of companies own all the goddamn radio and TV. English, SPIC, whatever, whatever, you, you name it, and they own it. And we've already seen, we've already seen on the English language side the tremendous... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the tremendous benefits for those of us who work in the business and for you people, the audience out there, too. It's a disaster. But don't confuse the FCC with that because they don't give a crap. As long as we don't say those words, they couldn't care less. 20 till noon at 560. Oh, look at that. Speaking of crap, the markets, uh, see, every day it starts out a little with green arrows, and then by this time it starts like, now yesterday it was up quite a ways. Did you notice that? Yeah. And then by the end of the day, oh, it took a, a gigantic dump, and the NASDAQ is 1488. 1488. I think pretty soon you can buy palm for like about two cents. In fact, what's the one that's 18 cents? What's the one what? There's one uh, stock on there, one biggie that's on the verge of going out of business. I forget which one it is. It's 18 cents. So know. just imagine for like 50 bucks, you can gob off a lot of that crap. You could own the company. <clears throat> just right before they go belly up. 
Hey, summertime's here already. It's 193 degrees. If you stick your finger out the window, then you want to pull it right back in real fast because it's smoldering out there. Well, Oleomet is a product that will make you feel your best and keep you in good health no matter how hot and humid South Florida gets in June and July and August, and it just goes on forever. Oleomet is a soft gel capsule that contains all kinds of good stuff for you, including pharmaceutical-grade olive oil along with vitamins and minerals and herbals while promoting health for all different parts of your body, all different aspects of your health. They've got one product that will help your prostate, one for your heart, your blood pressure, and your cholesterol. Oleomed's also got supplements to promote health in your circulatory system, your digestive and endocrine system, your skin and bones, even your mind, all using the benefits of the best olive oil that money can buy. Be sure and tell them that Brian Schmutz, by the way, sent you by for it. Our, our entire sales department is doing a tremendous job on a copy. Let's salute them right now oh! to the QM sales department. They're really doing it. <clears throat> and don't forget, Oleomed's got products for men and ladies out there, too. Oleomed's available right now at Walgreens, Whole Food Markets, Navarro Pharmacy, and Sedano's. If you want to get more information about what their product does and uh, where you get it and where to stick it, just call them toll-free, 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-OLEOMED, or you can order their products on their website, too, at Ole. Just right. On Sports Radio 560, QAM. And off for the stalking. They want us to find a way. Oh, to reimburse them for back pay. From 200 years ago, when they were slaves. <laughs> well, I only have a mobile home. A pit bull and a pinch of skull. So if you wanna ask me how, here's what I gotta say. You've got to kiss a nigger good morning. And tell him that you're sorry for enslaving them all. Kiss a nigger good morning. And that's for everybody who is dead and gone. I was born in 1802. Owning slaves ain't something I do. But what for dead people did to you? I have to take the blame. Would you settle for an old Pontiac with a can of smelly cherry in back? Instead of 40 acres and a mule, I have a better way. You've got to. Yes, a nigger, good morning. Plant one on Halle Perry, Morgan Freeman, too. All right. Yes, a nigger, good morning. And that's your restitution for enslaving you. Yes, a nigger, good morning. And tell them that you're sorry for enslaving them all. You got yes, a nigger, good morning. That's for everybody who is dead and gone. One moment, please. Well, that fax came over just as... Uh, here it says it's a very interesting story about O.J. It supports my theory that this is part of an ongoing and intricate strategy to cause a complete mental breakdown in Simpson in approximately two years on the 10th anniversary of Ron and Nicole's murder by O.J. You know what we would say on that day? Oh! Yeah, we'd have a party. This will be followed by a humiliating suicide or suicide attempt involving... Autoerotic asphyxiation, cocaine <laughs> overdose, and even another murder by O.J., this time of a business associate, Mafia, which will, of course, bring about his swift death, compliments of Cosa Nostra, or Russian Mafia. In any event, 
O.J. is being subtly and carefully pushed to the point where he'll have to take action against Ms. Brown, and that is precisely the plan, except that the entire scenario has been created and carefully worked out in order to destroy him mentally and finally physically. Millions have been spent on this effort, thanks to the $33.5 million lawsuit, and many committed individuals are involved. The only problem with that is that nobody ever got any of that money from that lawsuit. Isn't that correct? Uh-huh, correct. Yeah. But that's uh, fascinating. Speaking of that, speaking of suicide, that faction must have been psychic. You want to know why? I got some uh, story you're going to be very upset about. Okay. <clears throat> Actor Christian Slater has revealed a dark secret. Five years ago, his drug and booze addictions drove him to attempt suicide. Of course, George is going to be upset because he failed. Damn it. Slater, now 32, says he was so humiliated following his 1997 arrest in an L.A. condo for beating up friends and attacking cops during a wild alcohol, heroin, and cocaine-fueled rampage, he tried to end it all by jumping off, jumping off a balcony. Luckily, luckily for him, not for George, who hates him like poison, Luckily, friends pulled him back in time, but that was just one of several times he tried to take his life. My entire 20s were a complete near miss, confesses the actor, who can be seen in the upcoming World War II flick, Wind Talkers. It's a miracle I survived any of it. It really is a total miracle. But Slater, now happily married dad of two, swears he's gotten his act together. I'm not the guy assaulting people. I don't drink and drive. He says, I'm convinced. I've discovered that I'm not really invincible. So he tried. He gave it his best shot, but unfortunately didn't get the job done. And like I said, George is... Fired up and pissed off. Got more on that Hillary thing. Remember that story the other day about her yeah, being drunk? <laughs> Got some lengthy stuff from the star on that right after this one, though. Istanbul, Turkey, to go to, go to show that the radio business isn't just screwed up in the U.S. Saying he was a threat to public order, police dug up a Turkish radio DJ who was broadcasting live from a grave report said yesterday. <laughs> and if you think I'm going to get any of these names even close to right, good luck to me. Entombed in an aerated metal box... Yasar Anasi Kurtzu was planning a 24-hour special broadcast live from the grave on Sunday on local Izmir radio station, station radio hit, Daily Hurriyet reported. But police halted the broadcast after nine hours and insisted the DJ be dug up, saying his program represented an illegal demonstration and was a threat to his life and could disrupt public order. I was getting fed up anyway, Kurtzu told police after he resurfaced, but the unrepentant DJ said he would try the stunt again after getting the necessary permits from authorities. He was getting fed up or dug up. I'm going to get whatever official permission is required to die, then I'll do it again for 48 hours, Kurtzu said. He was buried about a yard underground with metal tubes connected to the surface providing air. While underground, Kurtzu experienced technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, yeah, of, a we, lot of dead air? <clears throat> yeah. And was only able to broadcast two five-minute links by telephone, Hurriette reported. I'm free of the cares of the world, he told listeners, but Kurtzu, 40, later said the experience had forced him to reassess his life. I kept thinking, thank God I'm only here as a joke, he said. I'd be ready, uh, I'd better be ready for it when it happens for real. Something for you to think about, you turkey. Speaking of people who got real problems, you notice that the presidential kids, most of them just, they're all screwed up. Yes. The Bush daughters, those sluts, the Bush daughters that you still got the hots for? Yeah. Jeb's a daughter. Mm-hmm. His two sons. Right. Drunken Chelsea, out of control is what it says uh, in the star. <laughs> As we reported the other day, but this is more a uh, little more meat to this one. Family and friends urge her to get help. Former first daughter Chelsea Clinton had to be physically carried from a London nightclub after going on a night-long drinking binge and then blacking out as these shocking star photos show. You see them? I, man, I saw him. Bill's oh, Magazine man was here. Woo! Unbelievable. 
Now her closest friends and her devoted parents, Bill and Hillary, are worried sick that sweet young Chelsea, who's just 22, is spinning out of control. You know what? Maybe somebody bought her a mirror. Huh? Oh, you, you ought to see this one picture. She is stoned out of her freaking mind. Her eyes are like just glazed. She got that like feeling no pain look on her puss. What's more, her frequent and excessive partying with fiancé Ian Klaus while attending Oxford University in England has cast a cloud of uncertainty over the couple's upcoming wedding. Both Bill and Hillary are concerned that Chelsea might be displaying signs of a drinking problem, says a friend of the former president. As an eyewitness, Chelsea is showing very poor judgment, getting sloshed to the point of passing out. Chelsea's most recent night of excess began at the Met Bar, a top celebrity haunt in central London, on Tuesday, May 28th. There, the flame-haired co-ed, her love Ian Klaus and several pals. Oh, see, they got pals, too. Everybody has pals. Everybody's got pallies. Several pals ordered up rounds of champagne cocktails, martinis, and vodka drinks, sources reveal. After getting a good buzz on, the group stopped off for Thai food in the nearby Soho district. Then they sped off to the trendy embassy club around midnight. Chelsea was already tipsy when she arrived, says waitress Emily Kayot. She was pretty loose when she got here, she tells the star. The couple, along with their friends, were quickly ushered into a private VIP room, where Chelsea, dressed in a sexy two-piece black evening ensemble, plopped down on a deep black-and-white leather sofa next to a glass end table. The group immediately ordered a tray of drinks, a potent mixture of wine, champagne, and vodka that acted like a love potion on Ian and Chelsea. She and Ian were all over each other all night, and as Chelsea got more drunk, she seemed to get more affectionate with him, says an eyewitness. Drink after drink was brought upstairs, and Chelsea had at least six cocktails over the next three hours. You call that a penis? That's what she told him. Or is that what he told her? The Secret Service details stayed just outside the VIP room, giving Chelsea and her bow their space, but every few minutes they'd peek in and make sure that all was well. The agents became more concerned as time passed as another club patron, especially when Chelsea started staggering back and forth to the ladies' room. <laughs> she stumbled into the bathroom and emerged a few minutes later looking drunk, <laughs> dazed and pale-faced. I'm sure she was throwing up, he said. Several times, a confused Chelsea made her way into the club's coat room. It was all fiancé Ian could do to keep her from falling down. Well, maybe she had already filled up the bathroom. She wanted to leave a little deposit in the coat room. It became clear to everyone that they had to get Chelsea out before she drank any more. Unable to walk on her own two feet, Ian and several other guys, who may have been Secret Service agents, threw a coat over Chelsea's head and carried her to the car at 3 a.m. She immediately passed out and slumped forward on the seat, falling face-first into her boyfriend's lap. Her friends had to pick up her legs and pull them into the car to get her in, observers tell the star. Sources say Bill and his U.S. Senator, uh, Senator wife Hillary were upset and worried when they learned that their beloved daughter had passed out from drinking. Well, if it's good enough for the Bushes, why ain't good enough for that bitch, huh? Yeah. They decided that Hillary should call Chelsea the next day and give her a good transatlantic talking to. Hillary made sure she was calm and spoke to Chelsea like she was an adult, says family friend Philip Perry. But she was also firm when she urged her daughter to take control of this problem before it gets out of hand. Sources tell Star that Hillary also spoke to Chelsea's Secret Service agents and asked them to step in if she does anything like this in the future. Well, there you go. goes on and on at great length with all kinds of pictures of her and her very ugly boyfriend. It's a match made in heaven, by the way. Ugh! Grotesque. More on John Gotti. You know, that was a really good piece we had yesterday on That John was a nice little piece. Kind mm -hmm. of like a nice biography in brief. A little bit sad, not that we feel bad for him, or at least I don't. Why not? Because he was a gangster. He was a criminal. Well, we, but we like gangsters on his show, don't we? Uh -huh. yeah, uh, we no, like no, gangsters. I didn't like him. 
John Gotti is heading for the gangster graveyard in Queens. That's the good news. This is in the uh, Daily News today. When the feds gave up his body, the Gambino godfather will be flown to St. John's Cemetery in Middle Village, where some of New York's most infamous mobsters are buried. Salvatore Lucky Luciano, Vito Genovese, Carlo Gambino, and Carmine Galante are permanent residents. They're all taking their dirt naps there. So are Salvatore Maranzano, Joe Colombo, and Wilfred Johnson, a mob rat who has gone down after informing on Gotti. Boy, it's hard to believe a, uh, a mob guy named Johnson, you know it? Maybe that wasn't his real name. Wilfred Johnson. Gotti will be a bit removed from the other good fellows, dead fellows. He'll spend eternity in the family mausoleum where his beloved son Frank is interred. Well, that's the one that got run over by that guy that they had murdered. Okay. Gotti's son Peter was in... Don't you remember that? I do now. That was in that story yesterday. Gotti was... Uh, son Peter was in Springfield, Missouri, waiting to collect the remains of his father who died Tuesday at age 61 after a long battle with throat cancer. But it was still not clear whether Gotti would get a Catholic funeral because of his notorious criminal career. Family members are believed to be seeking permission from Brooklyn Bishop Thomas Daly for a funeral mass. The only thing that's finalized is the burial. Sister Jane Scanlon. <coughs> See? I'm getting choked yeah. up just thinking about the funeral. Poison gas. The only thing that's finalized is the burial, Sister Jane Scanlon, Vice Chancellor of the Diocese, told the Daily News yesterday. As for the mass, Scanlon said, I'm sure there are a number of factors, but I'm not in a position to know what it is. Ultimately, Bishop Daly would have to make that decision. Daly, who was attending that conference of bishops in Dallas, is under fire for mishandling the pre-sex scandal and is said to be caught between the demands of his religion and his desire to avoid further controversy. The church believes in redemption, said Robert Blakey, a professor at University of Notre Dame Law School, or is that Notre Flame, and a mob expert, or whether, whether Gotti would receive a Catholic funeral. If you go to confession, you can, re can receive absolution and be buried in consecrated ground. But, Blakey said, the church can deny a funeral mass if saying one would cause a public scandal, and notorious criminals could cause a scandal. Not that it ever stopped them before. And you want to know why? Why? Because <clears throat> they like that mob money. <laughs> yeah. 11.56 at 5.60 WQM if you want to save money on getting some new hair. Call my good buddy Charles Alfieri at 1-800-321-2413. Tell him that old Neil told you to call. Because if you want to get the best-looking piece in the universe, Charlie's natural hairline system is waiting for you there. They'll give you a free consultation. They will sit your ass down and show you just how much better and younger they can make you guys look. So if you've been saying goodbye to your hair for years now, if you have a growing bald spot that you're sick of, just uh, replace it with some real great-looking hair. Not some mousy-looking piece, but the natural hairline system is so great-looking, it looks like the hair's grown right out of your scalp. So pick up that phone and call today and get your hair back from the guy who really knows how to do it. He's been doing it for over 25 years for guys now, Charles Alfieri. Call him toll-free at 1-800-321-2413. That's 1-800-321-2413, or log on to their website at... 943-57. Call now. Ted Kaplan. Weeknights at 10 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. This is Howard David. When I take my Feldine, I listen to the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour. Not George, because he's stupid. Said shots of Botox can erase the FDA. They kind of annoy him. Don't like him injecting the deadly poison. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Only a dose of this treatment. Wanda didn't tell me more. Would put me six feet under. Yeah. Tighten things 
cheeks a little different than oil of Olay. The other stuff won't leave you dead and gray. You told me it's one of the safest things by far. I'm only risking paralytic scars where you can take your Botox stock and find yourself another sucker out there. Trouble one at 560. A lot of Americans, now a lot of fat women especially, sticking Botox in their buttocks, and it uh, ain't good for you. <laughs> anyway, remember yesterday I had this story about, or was it on Monday, I guess, the story about the Jewish patrols, the armed patrols they want to have in Brooklyn? Yes. Police commissioner says New York doesn't need armed bands as citizens to protect its neighborhoods, flatly rejecting a proposal by a Jewish group to begin patrols next week. The department will not tolerate anyone brandishing weapons under the guise of protecting others, Commissioner Ray Kelly said the other day. Anyone attempting to patrol the streets armed with weapons will be arrested. This in today's Newsday. On Sunday, Rabbi Yaakov Lloyd, president of the right-wing Jewish defense group, proposed armed patrols citing comments a suspected terrorist made on CBS's 60 Minutes about targeting certain Jewish neighborhoods. Any move in this direction is counterproductive, Kelly said. The tenor of this is wrong. We don't need this. In other words, he don't like the tone of it. Lloyd said the patrols would go ahead anyway, in spite of what he said. What the police commissioner doesn't understand is that no matter what he says... Those who have the legal right to carry firearms can carry firearms, he said, and they're going to do it. Because that's the Jewish militant right-wing way of doing it. How do you like them apples, huh? Oh, look at that market, man. Woo! Yep. God. See, I probably shouldn't be looking at those numbers because people that are still stuck in there and haven't gotten yeah, out. Yeah, stop jinxing us. Yeah. Hey, well, uh, look, I mean, uh, don't you think I paid my dues? Don't you think I lost enough to, like, uh, at least finally get something right, maybe? Maybe. Wow. Dow is down 65, and the NASDAQ is, I don't want to say it. Mind your own business. Okay, I'm not in it. Uh, this from CBS. The Senate yesterday dealt a major setback to a bill that would make violent attacks based on victims' sexual orientation or disabilities a federal hate crime, refusing to limit debate on the measure. Opponents said the legislation stands no chance of passing the House's now written. The measure would add crimes motivated by gender, sexual orientation, and disability to the list of offenses already covered under a 1968 hate crimes law that prohibits attacks based on race, religion, or national origin. The 54-43 vote derailed efforts to win a speedy vote on the legislation and send it to the House, which has rejected it twice in recent years. While it takes only a simple majority to pass a bill, motions to end debate require 60 votes. Backers of the bill fell six votes short. Only four Republicans voted to limit debate. Other Republicans said they refused to close off debate because Democrats hadn't given them enough time to attempt to amend the bill. The legislation would allow federal prosecutors to pursue as hate crimes cases and an assault upon a person or group because of sexual preferences or disabilities if state officials reject filing charges. The Republican-controlled House will not take the bill, as written by supporters and Senator Orrin Snatch, Republican of Utah. If you really want to do something about hate crimes, let's do it the right way and amend this bill so the House will be forced to take it, said Snatch, who wanted to scale the bill back to ensure the federal government doesn't interfere with state prosecutions. The bill's supporters took it off the schedule before GOP senators could tack their amendments onto it. This is just the beginning, and we're going to continue this battle throughout the session, said Senator Ted Kennedy of Massachusetts. Added Senator Gordon Smith, Republican of Oregon, we will be back. We'll find another bill, another vehicle. The bill could be surfaced later this year as an amendment to the Defense Department Authorization Bill. The Senate has got 50 Democrats, 49 Republicans, one independent Senator James Jeffers of Vermont. Senate Majority Leader Tom Daschle swiftly pledged to bring the bill back to the Senate floor by year's end. There is no argument that can be made that hate crimes can be left unattended, he be saying. Republican vote counters had expressed confidence before the vote they could hold the bill supporters short of 60 votes, but they said they were concerned about defections on later votes. Senate Republican Leader Trent Lott, the one with the pom-poms of Mississippi, yeah suggested the Senate should be working on terrorism prevention instead of hate crimes. That's right. 
And be sure to tell John Ascroft that, too, while you're at it, Trent. Nice pom-pom, by the way, sweetheart. <clears throat> In fact, that's going to be the uh, new... They're opening up a new chain of stores right next to Toys R Us. Homophobia R Us. going to be the Republican new... Uh, Dallas Bishop's meeting is critical, says the uh, Newsday art uh, writer Richard N. Osling, the religion writer for the Associated Press, actually. The scandals have accumulated steadily since 1984, but for America's Roman Catholic hierarchy and its flock of nearly 64 million, clerical sex abuse has finally become intolerable amid a flood of accusations, lawsuits, and resignations this year. Now, U.S. bishops must try to ease the crisis and regain their credibility at a critical meeting in Dallas. You know something? We should be doing a show there tomorrow. Okay, let's go. Maybe we could have a special guest. Father O'Toole. Yeah, he could be on. By Friday night, hundreds of U.S. bishops hope to end two days of deliberations by issuing a new national policy to reform the church's handling of abuse allegations. Then they pray the storm that has raged around them for months will subside at last. Atop the list of issues is zero tolerance for abusers, specifically whether to allow priests who molested one minor in the past, but no more than that, to stay in the clergy under tight restrictions. And, of course, if they murdered one in the past, uh, they can probably still stay in too, right? I, I don't know. Yeah, you get one chance. Oh, that's right. One murder, one armed robbery, one hijacking. You get a coupon, like a drink ticket. Right. One free pass, like get out of jail, you know. For the integrity of the church leadership, this is the most important meeting they've ever had, says J.P. Dolan, a University of Notre Flame historian who thinks that this gathering far overshadows any other since the nation's bishops began meeting regularly in 1919. You're the Black Sox scandal, by the way. I think there's no coincidence. The world is watching the Catholic world and non-Catholics as well, says Bishop George Nierauer of Salt Lake City one of eight prelates on the Ad Hoc Committee on Sexual Abuse. He's not exaggerating. There'll be roughly three media staffers for each bishop, with 740 journalists granted credentials by a June 1st cutoff and 150 latecomers turned away. A year ago, the bishops' meeting in Atlanta attracted a mere ha a small handful. And most of the bishops said they wouldn't mind a small handful. In many other nations, and at the Vatican, bishops only confer behind closed doors. Here, the sessions will be public, except for a confidential discussion tomorrow afternoon. Catholic caucuses left and right will be out in force, staging media panels and candlelight vigils and lobbying hard. They like it hard, George. So I heard. C civil disobedience at the tightly secured meeting hotel is a possibility. Overall, the atmosphere is in keeping with the sense Catholics have the church, uh, have of the church being under siege in recent months. It's under siege, baby. Make no mistake about it. Jesus Christ. Three bishops have been forced to resign this year following sexual misconduct allegations, including uh, uh, Bishop Williams of Lexington, which we talked about before. Nearly 250 priests have resigned or been suspended. Victims have filed at least 300 civil lawsuits, and district attorneys have weighed criminal charges. Two priests have committed suicide after being accused of abuse, and another one, the one in Baltimore, was shot. <clears throat> they hit him with one shot, and he's still alive. Anguished parishioners have met in church basements, while angrier ones picketed Cardinal Law, Boston Cathedral, demanding his resignation. Ecclesiastical, uh, ecclesia, what is it? Ecclesiastical matters have been, uh, become the fare of talk radio. Oh, yeah. Political cartoonists and late-night comedians as well as sober editorial writers. It's a crisis of the bishop's own making as the first draft policy from the ad hoc committee, which will sift last-minute changes to the document today, mildly acknowledges. The problem is not just that clergy molested minors. That happens in other faiths and professions. But many bishops covered up, bumbled, and reassigned abusers to new parishes where they abused yet again. While abuse claims have surfaced continually since the 1980s, it was the news in January that Boston church officials did little more than shuttle serial pedophile John Gagan from parish to parish that caused the crisis to explode nationwide. So they're going to get together tomorrow and see how they can continue the cover-up, how they can make, you know, give a good dog and pony show.
Italian writer Oriana Falacci's latest book incites hatred against Muslims as a French anti-racism group that started legal proceedings to stop the work's distribution in France. Falacci responded yesterday by saying she reserved the right to sue the group for calling her book racist. The movement against racism and for friendship between people referred to Falacci's book, The Rage and the Pride, as a scathing Isla Islamophobe attack. There's a new word for you. I like it. We know homophobe. Now we got a, a scathing Islamophobe attack. The proceedings started Monday, also target Plan, the book's publisher in France. Falachi, best known for her uncompromising interviews with world leaders, ended a decade-long self-imposed silence after 9-11 by writing a book in angry reaction to the terrorist attacks in New York where she lives. Critics have accused the former resistance fighter and war correspondent of writing an anti-Muslim, anti-immigrant uh, tirade. In one passage that the movement against racism objects to, Falachi writes that Muslims multiply like rats. <laughs> oh, they must learn that from the Catholics, especially the Catholics in Latin America. Or maybe from the Schwarzes, you think? I'm not saying nothing. Good. In another, she says that the children of Allah spend their time with their bottoms in the air, praying five times a day. Rectum. Wow. A spokeswoman for the book's French publisher said it had just been informed of the complaint did not immediately have a comment, of course. Rizzoli, which publishes... Uh, I wonder if they're related to Joe Rizzoli. I'll call him right now. Rizzoli, which publishes Falacci's book in Italy, said the book was due in September in the U.S. The title is unknown, and Rizzoli refused to disclose the name of the American publisher. Mulad Aounut, the Movement Against Racism Secretary General, said his group believes in freedom of expression, but he said this incites racial violence. It's racist delirium, he said. Falacci responded, I reserve the right to sue MRAP for the insult racist, and I remind Mr. Mouloud Aounut, or whatever his name is, that in France as well as in the West, there's freedom of thought and opinion and of expression under the press. Since the Rage in the Pride was released in France in May, most major newspapers have devoted opinion pieces to it. In Friday's edition of Le Figaro, Falacci said she's been receiving death threats. How do you like that? From those peace-loving Muslims, no, no doubt. When you're They're animals anyway. Uh-oh, uh Georgia said that. I guess you're not getting no more magazines from Captain Singh. He's not a Muslim. I guess Mohammed ain't going to be coming to fix up your satellite dish no more. Or less. You know what you're starting to sound like? You're starting to sound like an Islamophobe to me. Uh-oh. Well, Coming it's past noon at 560 WQM, so Mad Dog's going to be on at 1 o'clock for a half an hour. I guess. Oh, and our poll is up, by the way. Today's a version of uh, One Time Wonder, which one is the best. This is going to be tough. I see we got some votes on there already. I voted for, um, what did I vote for? Oh, uh, uh, Pictures of Matchstick Men. Thank you very much. The status quo, whoever faxed me that, because otherwise I'd have forgotten all about it. It's one of my favorite songs. I and voted it seems for to me Thunderclap. Huh? I voted for Thunderclap Newman. Well, somebody had to. Now, they're both There's good choices. Hey, if you want a fantastic meal at a very great atmosphere and enjoyable place, go to one of my favorite restaurants in the world, Armadillo Cafe, in a great new location. They're in the Pizza Loft Plaza in Davie. Right Kitty Corner Pizza Loft with tons of free parking, right beyond Pier 1 Imports. That's on University Drive, right between Griffin and 595, where Sadie's Buffet used to be. Oh, my God. That's sacrilegious to talk about Armadillo Cafe and Sadie's Buffet, even though they rhyme in the same breath. But anyway, that's where they are, and the food in Armadillo is sensational. In fact, we got the whole thing right here. Not the whole thing. Look at the appetizers. Smoked duck quesadillas with cranberry pear chutney. Tempura Island Princess conch with yuzu sauce. Oh, I love my yuzu, man. And if you're like on a health kick, if you don't want to get fat, they got all kinds of delicious natural salads, like the hydroponic arugula with honey uh, chipotle dressing. What's chipotle? Chipotle? Maybe it's spelled wrong. I mean, it says C-H-I-P-O-T-L-E. Is it Chipotle? Never heard of it. Oh. Pistachio-crusted smoked mozzarella salad with lemon basil dressing. And, of course, the entrees, unbelievable, like 
roasted porcini mushroom, dusted sea bass with sweet corn and uh, uh, poviano ch- chili risotto and a veal glaze. A lot of words in here I can't pronounce, but they're all delicious. You love putting them in your mouth. Grilled tenderloin of ostrich with goat cheese, smashed potatoes, and port wine with sun-dried cherry sauce. Yellowtail snapper pan-seared with roasted peppers, garlic tomatoes, wild mushrooms, and ginger. And the desserts, unbelievable. Armadillo Cafe, by the way, smoke-free. Armadillo Cream Brulee, which is the best in the world, and the warm chocolate fritters with hot fudge make my toes tingle every time I mention that. Call Armadillo Cafe for reservations, 954-423-9954. That's 954-423-9954. And like I always tell you, when you eat there one time, you'll understand why it's been voted one of the best restaurants in bar for the past 14 years in a row. Tons and tons of free parking, complimentary valet parking, too. Check it out on the web if you'd like at armadillocafe.com. And when you call or stop by, be sure and tell them that Neil sent you by to one of the great restaurants in South Florida. Beach. The Joe and Mark Show. Overnights on Sports Radio 560. QAM. Jim Mandich, I f***ed him out. Coming this fall, the Fox. It's a reality show pretty much a lot like the other ones. With, you know, single guys and girls on it. Getting together. Five ladies looking for a husband. And we trotted in every degenerate trailer trash loser we could find in a one-block radius. It's Bachelorettes in Arkansas. I like the girls, especially that one there with the teeth. I showered up last month for this. Bring on the tang. The ladies are loving it. Meet Cindy, the 29-year-old real estate broker from Southern California. You have to get me out of here. These guys are driving me crazy. They smell like they actually ate poop. Bachelorettes in Arkansas. I think I love Barbara. We're soulmates. She's my sister. Due to mature themes, parental discretion is advised. Some scenes may be disturbing for younger viewers. I was having a pretty good date with Reefus, the real tall guy with the one tooth and the beer belly and the spank my monkey tank top, when all of a sudden, he just died. Bachelorette's in Arkansas, this fall on Fox. 1218 at 560 WQM. We got Mad Dog coming up at 1. And we got a very brief show for the Mad Dog today, half an hour. I think he can handle it. 1.30, you got the Marlin baseball pregame. Marlin's on Drek. And then you got the Marlins at Kansas City at 205. Hank Goldberg on briefly a couple hours after the baseball game. The big oh! Orlando Alzagiri. He's a good guy who knows nothing about sports and don't belong on the air, but he's a good guy. He'll be on at 7. Eddie K at 10 o'clock tonight. And Joe and Mark, the dirty boys overnight. Don't we all agree the big O's a pretty good guy? Oh, but he has no clue. Him. Huh? I like him. Hank rips him unmercifully on air. Nice going, Humper. Excellent job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he deserves it. He has no clue what he's talking about. Anyway, the poll is up, and we got some early returns in on this. Now, this one's going to be, I think, uh, more tense than the one yesterday, don't you? Already you can see. we got 43 votes on here so far on NeilRogers.com. Which of these one-hit wonders was the best? Thin Lizzy, the boys are back in town, has got six. And like I told you, that's a very big one here in Toronto at the uh, ACC at the Leaf Games. Right. So, And we get tons of Canadian uh, people on here voting on our website. I just mentioned that in passing, eh? Yeah, that's a good one. Thunderclap Newman, something in the air's got four, one of which is George's, and Mason Williams' classical gas has got four. The Vapors turning Japanese has got Speaking three, and Carl Douglas and... Co- huh? The Vapors and gas right behind each other. Yeah. Joey Scarberry, theme from the greatest American... Well, there's so few votes on it, it didn't really mean too much yet. Now, what the hell did I vote for? Oh, pictures of matchstick men, that's probably the only vote it's got, don't you think? Uh, uh, you see it? I don't even see it. I saw it before. 
<laughs> Maybe it disappeared from our survey. Oh, no, there it is. Status quo, too. Status quo's got to appear, so me and somebody else with good taste. Probably the guy that faxed me that fax. And thank you very much again for reminding me about that. Also, thanks to somebody who faxed me pages and pages of propaganda that they're trying to teach your kids. I'm taking this time to show it to my child. Yeah. It says, this is the kind of religious garbage that Bush and Ashcroft are using to brainwash the children of the U.S. It's completely disgusting. Teaching kids these lies doesn't help anybody. It only ensures the U.S. will be behind in education for a long, long time. What's so wrong about teaching scientific fact? Sorry, all you religious assholes. You're going to be dead someday, just like all the rest of us. There are no pearly gates, no Allah, no Moses, or whatever bullshit. Just stop being so we can accept it. Grow up. Excellent uh, summation, sir. You got your thumb right on it. And then he faxes me all these uh, this propaganda. That did you read any kids. of it? Huh? Yeah, I, I've been reading it here. What do you mean did I read any of it? Well, because it's fascinating. I especially Hi. like that they keep bringing up creation scientists. There's an oxymoron if I ever heard one. Look, dumb and dumber, that's what it's all about. Keep people superstitious. If you walk under a ladder, if a cat, black cat crosses your path, superstitious, hocus pocus, that's what it's all about. Fear of death, fear of hell. And just like Madeleine O'Hare used to say when she was still alive, uh, religion without a hell isn't worth a damn. And she was absolutely correct. Jesus Christ. Hi, my name is Matt, and this is my sister Laura. We grew up around the Creation Evidence Museum. Our dinosaur friend's name is Muncher. Yeah, dinosaur is the operative word, baby. This page will teach you about many of the things we've learned about how God created the world. Join us as we explore God's creation. Let me say it again. There doesn't need to be any long argument for anybody with a brain. Pick up the Old Testament. Pick up that stupid piece of crap. Open to the first page and read the first page, and then you'll throw it away. You'll say, this is, this is ridiculous. Even little children would laugh at this. About creation. Oh, yeah, he created the, the stars to rule the, uh, the, the lesser light to rule the uh, night and the uh, bigger light to rule the... Yeah, he created two lights. And then it says, like an afterthought, he made the stars also. With no knowledge whatsoever that the sun is a star or that these lights, as they refer to them, one was the moon, one was the star. They, they, didn't, have a, they didn't have a freaking clue, these uh, Neanderthal people. And supposedly all these billions of people in the world today are, uh, you know... Guiding their lives based on this archaic crap. They didn't know the moon from the. They don't take any bullshit from him. Or from the. Cock-a-moon. That's what I was trying for, but it's hard to do with one finger, you know. I know. Cock-a-moon. That's what I was looking for. And you know something? Like she said. They don't take any bullshit. From I think him. that fits in here too. God damn it! I wonder how she's doing now that we don't take any calls anymore. She's fine. Is she? She calls from time to time. Good. How do you know that? Well, I take calls. Oh, I see. When you're on taking those awful calls. Anyway, that's right, Laura, it says, well, I was wondering if there were any other differences between the Earth today and the Earth before the flood other than the weather. Actually, there were quite a few differences. For starters, the co continents weren't in the same place as they are today. Uh, it's believed that at one time, South America, Southern Africa, Antarctica, India, and Australia all formed one big landmass. And, of course, if the president keeps his uh, global warming thing going on, pretty soon they'll all be one big water mass. Oh, I got a great editorial on that. I'm going to see how I segue into this. I'm not going to waste any time reading any more. I thank whoever faxed me this profusely, but it just makes me nauseous, sick to my stomach. See, that's an oxymoron, okay? Creation science. It's an oxymoron. Only stupid people believe in crap like that. Stupid. Right. Superstitious, barbaric, grotesque, ignorant people with no balls. With no, no, just, I mean, how big of a pair do you have to have? To think for yourself. This big. 
What the hell was that I just heard back there? Was that somebody out there at my door? Maybe. Want to go get it? No. I thought it was the fax machine, but it sounded like it might have been somebody out the door. Anyway, uh, nobody home. Bob Herbert wrote in the uh, New York Times a few days ago, June 6th, ignoring a growing peril. Very weird, he says. The Bush administration has acknowledged that the U.S. will experience far-reaching and, in some cases, devastating environmental consequences as a result of global warming, but it doesn't plan to do much about it. The administration has been so poor when it comes to climate change that this odd bit of news was initially seen as some sort of progress. It was thought momentarily that the president might be starting to pull his head out of the increasingly hot sand on this issue. The administration's interagency report, which was compiled by the Environmental Protection Agency, notes that the warming of the U.S. is expected to be greater in the 21st century than in the 20th and will affect nearly every region of the country. Seas are expected to rise, causing an additional loss of coastal wetlands. Storm surges will pose a greater threat to coastal communities. We'll have to endure more stifling heat waves and the disruption of snow-fed water supplies. Some treasured ecosystems, such as the Rocky Mountain Meadows and certain coral reefs and barrier islands, are likely to disappear entirely. In addition to acknowledging that the earth is already sizzling, the report made it clear that human activity, the burning of fossil fuels that release heat-trapping gases into the atmosphere, was the primary culprit. This was no more than a statement of the obvious for most reputable scientists, but the acknowledgement was a first for the environmentally challenged Bush administration. And yet even with this most minimal acceptance of reality, it was too much for the troglodyte wing of the president's party. Shrieks of outrage arose among conservatives who immediately and loudly demanded that the president turn his back on the report and bury his head even more deeply in the sand. So on Tuesday, there was meaning a week ago on Tuesday, there was George W. Bush dutifully distancing himself from his own administration's handiwork. He assured one and all that he had no plans to lead any assault on global warming. He was coldly dismissive of the interagency effort. I read the report put out by the bureaucracy, he said. That must have been pretty demoralizing for the people who worked hard to put the report together. If Mr. Bush did read it, he saw in Chapter 6 an interesting encapsulation of the projected global warming experience in the U.S. over the next few decades. Citing plausible model scenarios, the report said many areas of the country would undergo a change comparable to an overall northward shift in weather systems and climate conditions. The central tier of states would experience climate conditions roughly equivalent to those now experienced by the southern tier, and the northern tier would experience conditions much like the central tier. The change is already underway. Some areas are experiencing a shorter duration of lake ice, and there's already been a northward shift in the distribution of some species of butterflies. These are cha changes that force you to wonder what kind of environment lies in wait just two or three generations hence. And yet we continue with very little restraint to spew out the so-called greenhouse gases. The U.S. is by far the biggest defender on the planet, producing about 25% of all the greenhouse gas emissions in the world. But the U.S. has refused to participate in the Kyoto Protocol, an international treaty that calls for the mandatory reduction of greenhouse gases by industrial nations. And the U.S. has refused to impose tough mandatory reductions on its own. Japan ratified the Kyoto Protocol on Tuesday, and the 15 members of the European Union jointly presented their ratification to the U.N. last week. But with the mightiest power on the planet unwilling to participate and unwilling to formulate a real alternative, the gases will just keep building and building, causing the planet to get warmer and warmer. What we have here is a very serious problem that we understand and could do something about, but so far, because of a lack of presidential leadership, we've taken a pass. The EPA report was called U.S. Climate Action Report 2002. It should have been called the Inaction Report. Writes Bob Herbert in last Tuesday's New York Times. 1227 at 560 WQAM. If you're tired of hassles with your cellular service, if you're tired of that $50 a month plan that you thought you bought, which winds up costing hundreds of dollars a month, then do something smart. Get on the team with Team Celtech at Celtech Communications, your authorized Nextel representative. For over 25 years now, Celtech's been providing South Florida with the best service, and they take the hassle away from dealing with any cellular company, not to mention that grotesque expense, too. Right now, Nextel Shared Rewards Plan will allow you to share 4,000 monthly minutes with free incoming calls for just 54.99. 
Celtech's got a great selection of other plans no matter what your budget, with most of them including free incoming calls, nationwide long distance, caller ID, voicemail, and Nextel's unique direct connect two-way radio feature. So whether it's one phone or a billion, take it from me and their spokesman, Jay Fiedler. Celtech Communications, your authorized Nextel representative, is the only smart way to go. Call today and get connected. Toll free, call 1-800-CELTEC-2. That's 1-800-CELTEC in the number two for Celtech Communications keeping us. We're as rowdy as ever. Sports Radio 560. QAM. Neil God. The following commercial was childishly edited from its original form into our own perverted version. Any reassembly of an actual commercial by this program is purely adolescent and in no way affiliated with the advertiser. But it does make us laugh. In theaters now, Scooby Poo, the director's cut. Who's my best buddy in the whole wide world? What is that? Oh my god. That's the hugest piece of crap I've ever seen! Thank you. Somebody spike your dog bone? You should name that thing! I'll have whatever he's having. Thank you. Thank you. This place is like uber creepy. Scooby Poo! Thank you. That was weird. <laughs> About 32 at 560 WQAM. Oh, this this poll today, I'll tell you, is going to be really bizarre, you know? You can see it already. See. Not only in terms of being close, but the fact of the matter is you'll notice that most of the songs that are on there have no votes. Or not, not most, but a great many of them. Like half at least. Yeah, that's because, like me, most people never heard any of those songs. The ones that you and Robert were saying, oh, yeah, that's, that was okay. It was pretty good. Spiral Staircase. Spiral Staircase what? Doesn't have any. The Flying Machines. Spiral Big Staircase mountain. doesn't have any votes. Am I going to have no. to dig that out and play that again? Well, it's going to frost my I'm ass. being contrary because <coughs> a lot of these that don't have any votes are also old. Okay, well, let's take a look and see what we got. Uh, no, I don't think so. Godly and Cream and Cry. I never heard that before I played it. 19 by Paul Hardcastle. Oh, my God, the assembled multitude and the overture from Tommy. Rock opera's got no votes. Shame on you. And I almost voted for that, too. I don't want to say that it frosts my ass a little bit, but you know what? Does it uh... frost my ass? I'm going to have to dig that out again. I mean, that is such a powerful, such a strong, like the sports nerds used right. to say. Back back on the uh, good old days, remember when the sports nerds used to say, oh, he was really strong today. Remember they used to say that on the worst team all the time? They used to. I don't know what they say anymore. I don't know, because they're not there anymore. No votes for this. It's got those French horns and trombones. And oh, my it. God. Have you people got for brains or what, huh? If I hadn't voted already for um, pictures of Matchstick Men, I'd, I'd rush and uh, vote for that right now. I'd rush over there like an inch away and reach for my mouse. Can't believe it. Now, let's see. Did it get any votes? No. <laughs> Goes to show you, I have no influence. These polls, whatever the hell they like, they like it, they like it. Nothing I can do about it. 
I try to tell Tim Williams that at Zeta. Oh, if you'd be more, uh, you know, optimistic, more uh, enthusiastic about the music we play the rest of the day, we could translate your numbers to the rest of the day. And I kept telling him, hey, if they don't like your music, no matter what I say, they're not going to listen to it, okay, you idiot, you jackass. There it goes. Got a couple votes now. Well, thank God for You know something? Maybe we'll play a little longer. Where, where the hell is um, where's vehicle by the Ides of March? That's a good question. Oh, you know what? It might have gotten cut off because it was the last one on the end of a page. Ah, oh, vehicle by the Ides oh, of no, March. Oh no, there it is. It's on there. It's got one vote. I found it. Oh, thank God. They probably got confused with the Walt Sabo parody, you know. In which case, they don't have a lot more votes. I'd have like a hundred votes. You don't like this? I love this. What are you talking about? What's not the light? You people better get with it around playing Wayne Newton all day tomorrow, okay? I don't want to start threatening the audience and playing Butch Boss. Not that one that you just got done playing. Oh, even well, I'll find worse ones than that. Oh, and for the guy, the asshole yesterday who was knocking B.J. Thomas? Yeah. Let me just tell you right now. B.J. Thomas, I went, I looked at Sam's for a B.J. Thomas, and they've got 80 million CDs in there. And the bin under his name was empty, which means everything they had is right. gone, sold out. Probably they were listening to the show. Could be. Never know. So what do we got there? The boys are back in town. has got nine. Classical gas and thunderclap, Newman, something in the air, each have seven. It's going to be, it's going to be a tight. It's going to be a good even battle here. Carl Douglas, Kung Fu Fighting Six. Ten years after, I'd like to change. I'd love to change the world. I got five. Oh, that makes me feel like this was almost worthwhile. You know what? Yeah, but Starline Vocal Band has four. Nothing's perfect. Then you didn't even know this song. What are you talking about? Ten years after is what I'm talking about. I know this song. Yeah, you know it now. I knew it before. I see that song like very similar to like Signs by the Five Man Electrical Band. Yes. One that Wayne would get all bent out of shape about, you know? Remember good old Wayne? Uh-huh. Old Baldy? That nobody seems to talk about him much anymore. Small What an asshole he is. Let's talk about Wayne all day tomorrow, you know? This is a story that. For whatever reason, I meant to talk about this because I mentioned it, and then I never got to it. So I saved it here on my pile. The Supreme Court says it will consider whether some state laws that ban cross-burning violate the free speech rights of Ku Klux Klansmen or others. You know, this country's obsession with not burning flags and not burning crosses, just because something offends you doesn't mean that it's uh, illegal. As long as it's on your own lawn, I uh, would assume. Right. If it's on your lawn and it's your cross, then you've got a right to burn it. And if it pisses off some uh, superstitious Christian out there, tough crap. In fact, you know something? I think I'm going to go out there right in the middle of Young Street today and burn a cross. Just, just for the hell of it. And they'll probably like laugh. I'll go over there on Church Street and do it. Get all the fags over there. 
The high court's ruling expected sometime next year could clarify how far states may go in banning a practice associated with racial hatred and intimidation but accorded some constitutional protection. The court agreed to hear an appeal from Virginia where the state Supreme Court struck down a 50-year-old law that made it a crime to burn a cross to intimidate someone. The sharply divided lower court ruled that the state law was unconstitutional because such acts of bigotry are protected, a protected form of speech. The Virginia law was a response to the Klan's practice of setting crosses ablaze as a threat or warning to black people, but its wording says nothing about a racial motive, instead banning the practice whenever its intent is to frighten the victim. Well, what if you don't want to frighten anybody? Right, what if you just want to roast some marshmallows? The right to free speech is not absolute. The Supreme Court has previously ruled that the government may prosecute some kinds of threatening or violent speech. The line can be fuzzy since the government may not discriminate against speakers based solely on what they have to say. Ten years ago, the Supreme Court struck down a hate crime ordinance from St. Paul, Minnesota that banned displays of Nazi swastikas or burning crosses that were intended to anger or alarm people on the basis of race, color, creed, religion, or gender. The high court called that law an unconstitutional discrimination against speech based on its content. Courts in three states, Florida, Washington, and California, have said the ruling does not apply to their laws. The laws of four states, South Carolina, Maryland, New Jersey, and Virginia, have been struck down. And so on it goes. And, of course, with this fascist Supreme Court, God only knows what's going to pass his law with them. I guess they're busy trying to elect the next president now, right? Getting ready for next time. 1240 at 560 WQM. Petey Lenny, man, there's the guy. You expect some copy or going to get it from Petey? No. No. He just always asks you to do favors. Do this, please, do that. You know, I need the money. But he'll never give you any copy because he's just uh, full of crap. Anyway, Delights isn't full of crap. It's a place where you can go buy all kinds of good stuff for your diet, for those of you who are counting carbs especially, because it's your official South Florida Atkins headquarters. And now that Splend has been introduced into a lot of the diet products, you don't have to worry about those real harsh-on-your-stomach <coughs> sweeteners that they used to put in so many of the diet products. Believe me, you and your stomach will feel the difference. Delights of West Boca carries thousands and thousands of weight loss products, supplements, vitamins, diet books, everything you need to help you lose those pounds that are killing you. Delights also carries the largest selection of bakery products like pancake mix, breads, cookies, cheesecakes, brownies, muffins, and eclairs. They also carry low-carbon, sugar-free products like pasta, sauces, ketchup, crackers, candy, champion light chocolate, and their famous Carbolite ice cream, too. Head to a Delights of West Boca, and don't forget, you can try it before you buy it. You can try anything in the store, a little taste, before you make your purchase. Call them at 1-877-LOW-CARB. Check out their website at lowcarb.com. Or better yet, take a zip over there and visit the store on the northeast corner of Glades and 441 in Boca. And please tell them that Neil and Petey Lenny sent you by. The original Delights of West Boca, your official Atkins Retail. Travel to Kansas City to battle oh, with the Royals. Royals. Coverage starts at 1.30 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. I'm dying over here. Is Grandma or Grandpa just getting way too old? Is there constant nagging for attention getting to be a major inconvenience? Can I get someone to wipe me over here? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Netherlands.com's Health and Hospitality Division has the answer. Netherlands Euthanasia Services. Over the centuries, millions of people have discovered death to be the preferred alternative to life. Our staff has put together crack medical professionals in Holland, where euthanasia is legal, who will ensure your comfort as they euthanize you or your loved one. You will be flown first class to Amsterdam, where you'll be treated to the most lavish going-away party ever imagined. At one of Amsterdam's luxurious four-star hotels, two full days and nights of food, drink, and merriment, followed by professional and comfortable euthanasia, after which your remains will be sent back to your loved ones or taken care of locally with Netherlands' highest quality body disposal available. 
So if you're suffering from an incurable disease, or you may just be plain bored with living, log on to Netherlands Euthanasia Services and get the party started. Top 46 at 560. Don't forget to log on to WQM.com. Start playing the Toyota Baseball Trivia Challenge. Weekly prizes include golfer for Chula's. Grand prize, a trip to New York over Labor Day weekend to see the Marlins play the Mets. So log on to it and start playing with it at WQM.com. Mad Dog, Jim Mandich, coming in briefly. All right. Quite an assignment for a half hour today between 1 and one thirty. Well, I'm sure glad that nobody heard me talking about uh, volunteering to work the extra half hour. TV. Aren't you? Yeah. Oh. Well, I'll, I'll still be here, so it's all the same to me. Well, it's not all the same to me. Boy, just the thought of that sends quivers up and shivers up and down my Rectum. spine. Just thinking about that. Bad idea, Neil. Thank you. Twelve votes for the boys are back in town by Thin Lizzy. Eight for Thunderclap. Now, that surprises me because we've done uh, Thunderclap Newman in the past. Although, I guess it wasn't a one-hit wonder thing, was it? We never right, did no. this before. It was uh, in with other things. Yeah, it was in with other things. But, of course, when you compare it with this, uh, this list today is nothing all like yesterday. Yesterday was heavy duty. This list today is uh, lacking. You know what it's lacking? What? A lot of good songs. How can you say that? With Kung Fu fighting on there. Get out of here. Kung Fu my ass. Afternoon delight. Mungo Jerry in the summertime. Oh, the vapors turning Japanese. With all due respect to the guy that the facts those three, at least he was right. The turning Japanese. They may be doing it, but they're not listening to it. Jeannie C. Riley, Harper Valley P. Oh, it's got three votes. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was just thinking about lunch plans, too, you know. I hate that song. I despise it. Newsday reports post-September 11th baby boom expected. Obstetricians and staffs at some hospital delivery rooms nationwide are gearing up for a summer baby boom that many say was sparked by the 9-11 terrorist attacks. And now, see, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why not? Because with that kind of crap going on in the world, why would you want to make more babies? It would seem to me we should have the opposite effect. You need an heir and a spare. I see. This was kind of a wake-up call for people, said Dr. Paul Castell, an obstetrician and professor at Long Island College Hospital in New York City. They saw the towers burning. When they got home, they said, you know, it's never going to be the right time. We should start now. In other words, they were screwing their brains out. New York, which took the biggest hit in the terrorist attacks, is expected to be the boom's epicenter. Castell says that beginning in mid-June, like any day now, deliveries in his own Brooklyn practice will increase 20 to 25 percent compared with last summer. Just what we need is a population explosion, right? Not. Dr. Jacques Moritz at St. Luke's Roosevelt Hospital in Manhattan anticipates a 15% increase, and at St. Vincent's Hospital, not far from ground zero, they're also preparing for a summer boom, although they haven't figured out the percentage. How, how could they figure it out anyway? How'd they know? I think they pull the uh, people. No, somebody already did. Elsewhere, some delivery room staffs around the country are also bracing themselves. That includes Baylor University Medical Center in Dallas, where summer deliveries will include some of the hospital's own staff. Five nurses in Baylor's labor and delivery department are pregnant and due in July and August. Spokeswoman Catherine Goldstein jokingly suggested the department adopt a new motto, don't drink the water. And at least one celebrity will be among the proud parents. During a recent interview with Oprah Winfrey, comedian Chris Rock said 9-11 prompted him and his wife to conceive. I didn't think those dark folks needed any, like, extra incentive to conceive. I sure am hungry. Elsewhere, Julia Beck-Bromberg, husband Neil Bromberg, and three-year-old daughter Lila are preparing for an addition to their Bethesda, Maryland home in July. If we had to take each other and our child for granted, this ended on that day, says Beck-Bromberg, who's expecting his son. She says the attacks hit home largely because her husband and attorney works just two blocks from the White House. New information suggests that might have been the intended target of the hijacked plane that crashed in Pennsylvania. At this point, evidence of an overall jump in 9-11, post-9-11 pregnancies, even for the New York metropolitan area, is anecdotal. That's because it takes demographers weeks or even months to collect and tally official birth data. 
There are, however, signs that a boom is coming, says Beck Bromberg, who runs a business called 40 Weeks, a wholesaler for products for babies and new mothers. Her company sales to such retailers as babiesareus.com are up more than 75%. And in Miami, the Stork Avenue Birth Announcement Company has added stamp because catalog requests indicate that business could quadruple this summer. Oh, when asked why they want to have a child in such turbulent times, many new parents had a need for togetherness, healing, and even patriotism. Oh, that, that's a great way to save the country. Right. The numbers game. Sure worked for China. Maybe our child can help in some small way to make the world a better place, said Missy Acosta, who's due in July, lives in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, just outside Nashville. Oh, oh, they're reproducing near Nashville. Oh. <laughs> Christopher Coyne of Houston says he and wife Trish conceived the daughter while on a brief honeymoon in Manhattan a month after the planes hit the World Trade Center. They've decided to name her Nicole Yvette Coyne, initials NYC. Um. Yeah. But some experts say 9-11 isn't the, only, isn't the only reason more couples are expecting. While they're planning for increase this summer compared with last, births were already up 6% in April at Women's and Infants Hospital of Rhode Island and Providence. And Bassett Healthcare in upstate New York says a mini baby boom happened at its hospitals in the first quarter of the year. Some suspect that means couples decided to place parenthood above fears about a shaky job market and faltering economy, not terrorism. Even New Yorker Lisa Detweiler says the terrorist attacks she could see from her Brooklyn home didn't prompt her to get pregnant, though they did have an effect. She and husband Bill have been trying to conceive a third child for almost a year and were finally successful after being cooped up in their home for days after 9-11. They were unable to work in Manhattan. You're so happy you're safe in bed and your husband's alive. You just screw your brains out. You grope, 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 and then you hope, hope, hope. Huh? And then you call the Pope, Pope, Pope. And hope, And hope. act like a dope, 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 dope. Well, I don't know. Making all these babies, I just, I don't get it. I mean, the world is so overpopulated already. we got millions and millions and millions of starving, desperate people. And the Pope likes it. 1252 at 560 WQM. Here's something you'll like, and that is dry concepts. Man, they're sensational. They're one of the best uh, units in the entire world. they got a good unit. They've been coming to my house for over 20 years, making my schmutzy carpets look just like brand new. And they'd be delighted to do the same for you. They'd be honored. And you'll be honored, too, because they give you a guaranteed written price before they start doing a cleaning job, before they start dry cleaning your carpet. And then they uh, get done, and you'll have a big smile on your face because your carpets look and smell just like brand new, lemony fresh. They're drying a couple of hours, and uh, they'll walk out with no rip-offs, no games, because, like I said, they give you a guaranteed written price before they start even rolling up their sleeves and doing the work. So if you want carpets that look like just, just like brand new at a fraction of the cost, Treat yourself and your carpets to a spring cleaning from Dry Concepts today. In Broward, call 954-370-7778. 954-370-7778. In Dater Palm Beach, call them toll-free, 1-800-248-5071. That's 1-800-248-5071. Clean today, entertain. Howard, David, and Steve Goldie Goldstein. With Oi! Today, 6 to 9 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. Greg hates you. That Shaq guy Shaq guy What's with him anyway? He's a weird looking dude that looks like a retarded Michael J Even though that Shaq is a big dude when he runs up and down the court, he looks like a buffoon. He says he's an athlete, a rapper, an actor, a poet. Yeah, that's what he thinks. But he's just a goof that plays the hoop with that jackass Kobe. 
And every time I turn on my TV set at my place, I see the shack. He's got that dopey look on his face. That shack guy. Shack I can't help but laugh at him. Every time that dummy makes a rap CD, no one buys it. And if his eyes were any closer on his dumbass face, he'd look like a Down syndrome kid that dribbles the ball with one eye. Yes. Kind of like it. He's the only guy in the world who got a bigger head than Joe Rose, I'll tell you that. 12.58 at 5.60 WQM. we got uh, Jim Mad Dog Maddich coming up very briefly. A very tough assignment today, 30 minutes, a half an hour. Offered to take the half hour, and he said... No. Uh,